fighting a losing cause, my friend, a losing cause. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, October 18th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 453. This is No Agenda. Inspired like a Bangladeshi lone wolf here in the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. It's the capital in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we await the fifth anniversary of the No Agenda Show, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. It's funny, I thought you were going to say where it is time once again for Drop Cover and Hold On! Well, the great Southeast Shakeout. Is it 1018 your time today? I don't know anything about this. Well, this is uh, this is millions. I have the headline right here. Millions take part in the largest ever earthquake drill. Uh, they can't. Uh, it can't be millions taking part if you're not taking part. Ten eighteen today in uh, California. Where is this supposed to be? California. What part of California? It's just California. The, well, where the earthquakes are. That's the whole state. California. My point. I never heard this. You've never heard of the 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 drop cover and hold on. No. Well, this is what you're supposed to do. When you feel an earthquake, you're supposed to drop, cover, oh, yeah. and hold sure. on. <laughs> hold if it's on. a good earthquake, it drops you. <laughs> yeah. That's drop, problem number one. Drop, cover, and hold on. And if it's a good earthquake, by the way, the earthquake that will kill you, if it's a good earthquake, you can't go do anything because you can't stand up. More than half. bouncing you around. You're bouncing around on your butt. Boom, boom, boom. You can't do anything. You can't move. Nine million Californians. So how does this even work? I've always found this to be so bogative. Oh, kids, walk under the old stand over here, <laughs> be in the bathroom, go to the bathtub. In a real whopper, you can't move. Can you hear me at least? I'm, I'm just talking over you. Oh, okay. Well, it's confusing. I mean, it's okay if you're rude. I just need to know. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm rude. Nine million, nine million Californians are due to take part as students, schools, universities along the West Coast practice their safety procedures. Major corporations like Walmart, Target, and Bank of America have also ordered their staff to participate in the drill. So I think I have to order all No Agenda staff to, that are in California to participate in the drill at 1018. Of course, these drills are usually a false flag, uh, which means you're in for the big one today. Can you imagine being at the Bank of America at 1018 and you're just going <laughs> to deposit something? <laughs> Drop! Cover! Hold on! It's the stupidest thing, because of course this goes back to uh, the little turtle dude from the atomic uh, uh, the atomic drills back in the day. What was it? Drop and cover. Wasn't that the song? I don't remember there ever being a song. I think it's bull crap. Yeah, no, don't, but, uh, come on. You no, not, Now you're just being, contra- you're just trying to be mean to me. You, you remember the turtle song? You know, I'm pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> but that I don't remember the turtle song. Maybe they didn't play it out here because we were too preoccupied with earthquakes. Well, hold on. Here it is. Duck and Cover from 1951. Oh, um, that's way, I was a little baby at that. I wasn't even, <laughs> I wasn't even around. I was born in 54. <laughs> here it comes. Let's see. <laughs> when were you born? Dum, I, dum, 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 here we go. Dum, 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 dum. There was a turtle by the name of you don't remember the turtle named Bert? <laughs> Everyone knows this duck and cover. And cover. Duck and cover. Really? You've never seen that, huh? Interesting. Nope. 
That's well. the first I've ever heard it right there. I bet <laughs> that it hasn't been blogged. It's a cl- it's a classic. Well, it sounds like a classic. Yeah. Bert the turtle. It's a jingle. Yeah, Bert the turtle duck and cover. It's okay. Never mind. So don't participate. Fine. I was just trying to help. I thought you know you would be if you want to take a little time out. Uh, it's probably in about uh, it's about an hour from now. You know if you wanted to wait and just pause the show while you duck uh, cover and hold on as a, a good of your you know part of your good civic duty, yeah, it would be fine. Well, now I got a bunch of email from people. <laughs> Gene Naftiliev, test. Scott Gillian, test. Hmm. I guess it's working then, your email now. No, I still didn't get JC's uh, the spreadsheet. Really? But did you get mine? No. This is really weird. Oh, no, here it is. I did get yours. You got Forward NA4 file. Okay, okay. so it's not All right, that so weird. you got it. All right, good, so, good. Anyway, I got the thing on his key now. I'm in. The, I'm ready to go. I'm in business. We can, right. actually... can we do a show now? Oh, hit it. <laughs> in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, all boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and uh, happy good uh, in the morning to everyone uh, who is a knight. That, uh, and I think... Uh, we have a good contingency that helps support this show in a big way. Yeah, certainly do, and we uh, highly appreciate that as we are on our way to our fifth anniversary of the No Agenda Show, also known as the best podcast in the universe. And thanks to uh, Martin JJ once again. How long was our argument uh, on the last episode about whose <laughs> whose art uh, we were going to choose? And it's just I hate to say it, but Martin is just knocking it out of the park again every single time. I know it's getting actually. I'm sure the other artists are getting disheartened. Although yeah. I do use other art for the uh, newsletter. This is yeah. This is true. So, um, was there anything going on? I think there was. What was? Oh yeah, there was a debate. Oh. Well, I'm I'm looking at the clips you sent me. I have too many clips. You do. You have more than more than uh, than usual, but they're short. That's yeah. the good news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine are short too. Well, why don't why don't we start with uh, well, the the uh, the campaign debate? Um, and I have to say something well, about this thing first of all before we get to any clips about it. This was the most poorly produced piece of crap <laughs> that I've ever seen. What is it? I mean, they had two. Car salesman in an auto showroom with a red carpet, and I guess to um, woo to confuse me, they switched tie colors. This was a big one. I had to think about that. My brain was hurting, and it was set up with people who couldn't remember their lines. They that you know, it was everything was stacked, and somewhere in the dark. Was either the the press corps or I don't know who it was. There was this whole uh, invisible audience that was hooting and hollering and clapping, which was not allowed, which we never saw. It was it was the most surreal experience I've ever had in any uh, in any really in any debate television production. It was so poorly done. It was just the pits. Well, I didn't like the fact that it was rigged. <laughs> what? You've got to be kidding me. Well, tell me how you but thought first, it was rigged. Before we go into the rigged part, which is the Candy Crowley crap, yeah, uh, which was, I found was annoying, 
uh, there's a couple of things that have to be brought up immediately. In, in fact, this is one question I just couldn't uh, play this one clip. Obama on females in the workplace. Yeah. Okay. In what new ways do you intend to rectify the inequalities in the workplace, specifically regarding females making only 72% of what their male counterparts earn? Well, Catherine, this yeah. is a great question. Yeah. You know, That's not a great question. <laughs> How is that a great question in any way? <laughs> it's not a great, it was also not true. <laughs> exactly. Damn, but this was just, it was amazing. Here's what I think what happened is because CNN, you know, they were, ha- they found the, the notebook. They, they knew from, you know, the, before it was even announced, they knew that this was a terrorist attack. They, you know, they had the notebook in their hands and they were going after the State Department and going after the White House. And then, uh, my, my goodness, the, the clip we had on the other day with, uh, Sean, uh, you know, with, uh, with the, the SEAL's mom, who was like, these, these people were horrible. And Obama just, you know, let me cry on his shoulder and just looked off in the distance. This was somehow meant to equal it out. That they basically said, well, we'll give you all your questions. And we'll probably let you read them beforehand, too. I mean, I don't. I, I well, she claims she at the beginning claimed that there was no. They're the only ones that know about the questions. Were her and, and, her, and her team. Yeah, her and her team. But then yeah. why, when you play the clip, Obama orders Crowley to get the transcript. This is the key to the whole oh, event. No, no, no. I disagree with you. I disagree. And I I went back and I looked at everything five times. Well, I'll play the orders to get the transcript, but the setup came in a different spot. No, the setup was a little before that. But what was the setup? What was the what was the clue of the setup? Well, the the clue was the setup where you know Obama is confronting him all the while, and then in this situation he says, "Oh, please continue." No, 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 no. That wasn't the setup. That okay. Then what was the setup? And that's why nobody's more interested in finding out exactly what happened. Uh, hold on, that's not the one. That was that. That's the setup to him. Here is here's the setup unraveling before our very eyes. Because we're, we're closing in, I want to still get a lot of people in. I want to ask you something, Mr. President. Because, now listen to what she's saying. Now, here's the thing. Who was asking the questions during this entire debate? Who was asking the questions? She was. No, the audience was asking. Oh, no, the, right, the audience. The audience right. is asking sorry, the question. Sorry. Go on, go on, go on. The audience is asking the question. The guy from uh, Mineola, Long Island, asked this specific question about uh, Libya and Benghazi. Which the question he asked was never answered. And then... Uh, I think Romney actually he did a pretty good job of saying, yeah, hey, this is his foreign policy. He didn't mention anything about the Rose Garden or any of that. And that's when Candy Crowley steps in and she asks a question, which is specifically if you read the 21 page document, not what she is allowed to do. She's not supposed to ask the question unraveling before our very eyes. And then listen to how she sets it up. She speaks in, in the most peculiar riddles. Listen. Because we're we're closing in, I want to still get a lot of people in. I want to ask you. Because we're closing in, we want to get a lot of people in. I'm going to stop these people from coming in, and I'm going to ask a scripted question. Do you hear what she's saying? She's yeah, 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 yeah. You win on that. Well, listen, this is exactly what happened. But it gets better, Mr. President. Then have the governor just quickly, and then we'll have the governor quickly, quickly, just quickly. This was this was mind-boggling to me. Uh, your Secretary of State, as I'm sure you know, has said uh, that she takes full responsibility. Now he had already said the buck. So he didn't even say that. He said, "I take responsibility." Yes, yeah, she works for me. He, she works for me. And now Candy Crowley is coming back with a scripted question. 
which was already answered by him. For the attack on the diplomatic mission in Benghazi, does the buck stop with your Secretary of State as far as what went on here? See, the question had already been answered, and here's where it gets even more interesting. Secretary Clinton has done an extraordinary job, but she works for me. I'm the president. Okay. And then, you're absolutely right, and I got your clip here, uh, then Obama sets up Romney in a fabulous way. And this can only be because the press corps or someone, there's a, there's a spy in the Romney camp. And someone somehow said, these guys really believe that you blamed it on the Muslim video in the Rose Garden. And honestly, John, I believe that too. I, you know, and and uh, they're tricky people. I seriously thought, well, yeah, he definitely blamed it on the uh, on the video in the Rose Garden. Well, actually, on the Rose Garden, he was vague, extremely vague. And this is what this is what. You know, but he didn't blame it on terrorists. If you read, if you parse what he said, he bitched about terrorism. Well, I am going to have to uh, say that Romney was wrong in this case uh, because the the first moment. The video was really publicly brought into the conversation was at the uh, when the uh, flag draped caskets were arriving and it was Hillary who mentioned it, not the president. And I think why well, exactly. And I think that Romney should have taken the cue from Obama because he went out of character and said, please continue. Oh, it was it was it was such a setup. Well, let's listen to the setup. And that's why nobody's more interested in finding out exactly what happened than I did. The day after the... Now, when he says this, this is very smart NLP. He turns around and looks at Romney just when he talks about the Rose Garden, which is, which is a, a beautiful setup because he's saying, oh, Romney, by the way, in the Rose Garden, and then he turns back to Crowley. Attack, Governor. I stood in the Rose Garden. And now he turns back. And I told the American people in the world that we were going to find out exactly what happened, that this was an act of terror. And I also said that we're going to hunt down those who committed this crime. Now, now I want you to listen to how Crowley sets up Romney for his response. Because I, I, I listened to this too, which is also quite amazing what she said. And grieving with the families. And the suggestion that anybody in my team. And now he looks again. The Secretary of State. Our UN ambassador. Anybody on my team would play politics or mislead when we've lost four of our own governor. Now he turns back. Is offensive. So he has now set up Romney to talk about the Rose Garden and whose responsibility. It was a brilliant, brilliant uh, Jedi mind trick. I thought That's this not- came after the Rose Garden setup. Nope, this is the Rose Garden setup. Stand by. That's not what we do. That's not what I do as president. That's not what I do as commander-in-chief. Okay, so now he's quiet, and now he, he, listen how Crowley brings him up. Governor, if you want to reply yeah, I, just I, I quickly I to do, this, please. I, certainly do. I, I, I think it's interesting. The president just said something, which, which is that on the day after the attack, he went to the Rose Garden. Okay. See, he was set up. He was told it was a Jedi mind trick. Beautiful. And said that this was an act of terror. That's what I said. That's what you I said. said in the Rose Garden, the day after the attack, it was an act of terror. Now, he literally used the words act of terror. So this is Romney was set up. uh, He had rehearsed this and someone, a spy in his camp. I'm going to say someone in the media, probably spy went to the Obama camp 
and said, they really, truly are going to say you said it in the Rose Garden. You've got to set him up. And that's who's clapping, by the way, is not the audience who was sitting there. It was not a spontaneous demonstration. Is that what you're saying? Please proceed, Governor. Now, the please proceed. What did you, what did you make of giveaway. that? Romney, by the way, got nervous after that. Yes. Started to stammer. Yep. And he was, because it dawned on him that something may be up, but he didn't have the ability to go off script and say, well, you know, whatever, and just give it up. It was, it was, he, at, at this point, I think he's like, oh, crap. When he said, please proceed, I think Romney went, oh, fiddlesticks. I, I, I uh, want to make sure we get that for the record, because it took the president 14 days before he called the attack on Benghazi now listen to this. an act of terror. Get the transcript. It, 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 he did, in, in fact, sir. So let me, let me... Okay, so he says, get the transcript. He was really quick on that, because this was set up, set up, 100% set up. Well, here's, the, here's what gets to me about this. He orders her to get the transcript with a transcript of anything. She's a moderator. Well, because it was set up. Because it's a scam. That's the problem. She went out of her way at the beginning to say that this was they didn't know anything about the questions or anything else. What is she doing with the transcript? Right. Okay. So hold on because I want you to hear what she says in this because this is and, and I want you to hear and, well, the, the hooting and hollering too. This is well, very, one more very thing. important. Well, yeah, one, go, go ahead. Go ahead. She also, by the way, when she when she starts to talk about the transcript that she apparently has, and she agrees with Obama, even though she's not supposed to be taking part in the. I mean, is she on his side in the debate? Fact check. She but, did a fact check. Fact check. Fact check. She did a fact check. She, fact but check. when she Say does it, it she is she is extremely agitated and very nervous because she knows that this is not going to look good on her resume. <laughs> no, it was a fact check, a live fact check. She's awesome. She is moderating and doing a live fact check. I heard nothing but Jay Rosen. Jay Rosen, like the uh, uh, Jay Rosen, like Mister Journalism. Candy, he's, he's tweeting. Candy Crowley's awesome. She did a live fact check while moderating. Oh, blow me, Jay Rosen. This is so stupid. Can you say that a little louder, Candy? Can you say, can you say it louder now? The press corps is laughing, John. I don't know who was behind all these people in this fake audience. But the press corps is laughing and hooting and hollering. He did call it an act of terror. It did as well take... It did. Okay, now let's listen to... No one, no one has actually listened to what he said in the Rose Garden. It's only a five-minute piece. I pulled out the two pieces that are relevant. Everyone's talking about the transcript. I have not seen a single news program play the actual video where he's there with Lucifer talking about this. Here's the start. Our country is only as strong as the character of our people and the service of those, both civilian and military, who represent us around the globe. No acts of terror will ever shake the resolve of this great nation. So there's his acts of terror. He said no acts of terror. Alter that character or eclipse the light of the values that we stand for. So that's what he said in the very beginning, and then later on he says... Yesterday, four of these extraordinary Americans were killed in an attack on our diplomatic post in Benghazi. Among those killed was our ambassador, Chris Stevens, as well as Foreign Service Officer Sean Smith. Uh, we are still notifying the families of the others who were killed. And today, the American people stand united in holding the families of the four Americans in our thoughts and in our prayers. The United States condemns in the strongest terms this outrageous and shocking attack.
Now, I think that also, you know, he's talking about an attack. I, I think the, I think the fact check was correct in this case. This was just I also was mind controlled into believing that he had literally mentioned the Muslim video on YouTube in the Rose Garden. And not until I, I didn't read the transcript. Screw that. I went to watch the whole video. I was surprised even. We're working with the government of Libya to secure our diplomats. I've also directed my administration to increase our security at diplomatic posts around the world. And make no mistake, uh, we will work with the Libyan government to bring to justice the killers who attacked our people. Now, here it comes. Since our founding, the United States has been a nation that respects all faiths. We reject all efforts to denigrate the religious beliefs of others. But there is absolutely no justification to this type of senseless violence. Now, this could have been anything. I don't even think they were, they were thinking about the video at this point. This could have just been, is Muslims against Christians or no, whatever? No, I don't think so. I think that was a specific reference to the video because that's exactly what it was about denigrating. But he never said it. But he was vague enough that I think you're justified in, in what you say as an interpretation. Interpretation being something you can say, yeah, that's what yeah. yeah, you you can take it either way. But for sure, yeah. I I myself was really convinced that they had mentioned that video in the Rose Garden. And I think the the denigration comment probably would make you think that. But it didn't happen. And they no. knew this, and they knew that someone in the Romney camp was spying and said, dude, trust me, they really truly believe it. Bring it up. Now listen how Crowley cuts off Romney and what she says specifically. It will uh, take uh, two weeks or so uh, for the whole idea of there being a riot out there about this tape uh, to come out. You're correct this, about that. The administration, the administration, another another illegal round of applause and clapping, indicated that this was a, a reaction to a, to a video and was a spontaneous reaction. It took them a long time to say this was a terrorist act by a terrorist, terrorist. group. Terrorist. And, and to suggest, am I incorrect in that regard? Oh. Oh, on, on oh, so dumb, so dumb. Sunday, here. the uh, your your secretary. Uh, 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 so stupid. Excuse me. The uh, ambassador of the United Nations went on the Sunday t television shows and and spoke about how yeah, this was a spontaneous. Uh, now listen to what she says. I'm, yeah. happy, I'm happy to have a longer conversation about foreign absolutely, policy. Absolutely, but I want I want to move you on, and okay, also people can go too. to the transcripts. I just and, want to make sure that uh, you know, all these wonderful folks when. are going to have a chance to get some of their questions answered. Because what I, what I want to do, Mr. President, is he taking over the place? Hold on a second. Hold on. Listen to what she says. Listen to what she says. You talked right over it. Hold on. We're going to have a chance to get some of their questions answered. Because what I, what I want to do, Mr. President, is stand there for a second because I want to introduce you to Nina Gonzalez. Shit, who, that's uh, not the one. I was... Oh, crap, there's something. The I, one where she tells him to sit down? Yeah, now whatever. It, the, whole, the whole thing, it, it, the point is, big setup and Romney fell for it and, and they should be looking at what's going on. They have a spy amongst them. They have a mole. Yeah, and but I'm thinking it's just the press. It's just the press. They were all so giddy about this. They loved it so much that there's no way, there's no way this could not have been uh, a, you know, a setup with, with a spy on the, yeah, a mole, exactly. Spy. They've got a spy. That's just unbelievable to me. I saw that and I was like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Now here's what well, I you know, this is a problem with his with his staff more than it is with the fact that there's this, and if it, and I'm sure that there's anyone who follows the campaign around enough is, you know, could easily pull one of their pals, and then they went out. Oh, really, this guy really thinks that? Has he ever listened to the the Rose? No, I don't think he's ever seen it or even read the transcript. 
And then that got back. I mean, it right. doesn't take a lot of hard work. Now, let me ask you a question. If after this debate, uh, if you had gone on Twitter and said, man, if this Obama gets uh, gets reelected, uh, I'm going to have to assassinate him. What do you think would happen to you? I would have a knock at the door. Uh, this website called uh, twitchy.com, uh, which looks like a very, very radical right-wing conservative bullcrap website. Twitchy.com, how do you spell it? Uh, Tango Whiskey India Tango Charlie Hotel Yankee. Twitchy, as in twitchy. Like, you know, when you got uh, Tourette's, twitchy. Um, Hold on, I'm still spelling tang. T-A-N-G-O. <laughs> twitchy. Anyway. What was the so here's they they assembled a number of tweets. After Ooh, this looks like a but right off by the way, just by the, the design, this looks like a a Democrat de, a template. Oh really? Yeah, go on. Well, so they assembled a number of tweets uh, about Romney. I shall read a few. If Romney wins this election, he might as well wear a T-shirt that says "Assassinate Me, Bitch." Y'all ready to assassinate Romney? Where's this? Yeah, it's one of their stories. Romney make me want to hop through the TV and just assassinate his ass. I'm going to murder Romney right now. Somebody needs to assassinate this mofo Romney. Good night, y'all. I'm getting ready to murder Romney. I ain't going to lie. Food stamps to shit. I might assassinate Romney my damn self if he get elected. I fucks with free 99 on the eats. If Romney gets elected and takes away my food stamps, I must send someone to murder his ass. I mean, is this okay? <laughs> is, <laughs> Twitter allows this? <laughs> and there's, you think these people are getting a knock on their door? They better. No, I don't think so. There's not even a news story about it. Not a single. There is, un, interestingly enough, uh, there is a new rule apparently in the uh, uh, RNC. You know, they put together their platform and their new rules that everyone voted on. There's a rule nine, which... Uh, has shown up uh, different from previous years. Shall I just read you rule number now, nine? Before you do that, yeah. I'm still on this other topic. Well, this Let is a part read. of it. This is a part of the topic, but okay. Okay. Well, just about this. Okay. Well, go ahead. Say You're reading the tweets. Go ahead. Well, I'm looking at lines, and the, and the, the website itself comments in between. And right here, the website yeah. says, yeah. meanwhile, the left side of the thinks the Secret Service should focus on super serious threats, super serious threats. And then they say, hey, this is what makes me think it's a Democrat side or even more. Like Tag Romney. And by the way, who their kid Tag? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is Tagging. He wanted to go beat the president up and hit him in the face. He says like Tag Romney telling a radio host he wanted to take a swing at Obama during Tuesday night's debate. Yeah. But does that mean he was going to make a pass at him and try to get him into the sack? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to disconnect for a second. Just make sure this isn't me, okay? Give me one second here. That's really. I mean, I just want to make sure it's not me. But we all know the truth, don't we? Hello, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. So, okay. Go on with your whatever. You all right. Rule number nine. In the 2012 Republican National Committee rule book, filling vacancies in nominations. <laughs> I just want to see what happened if someone took them out. 
The Republican National Committee is hereby authorized and empowered to fill any and all vacancies which may occur by reason of death, declination, or otherwise of the Republican candidate for president of the United States or the Republican candidate for vice president of the United States as nominated by the National Convention. Or... The Republican, this is that, that, that is the new part. Or the Republican National Committee may can reconvene the National Convention for the purpose of filling a, any such vacancies. So if Romney gets taken out by one of these crazy people who are tweeting they're going to assassinate him, then they can put anybody they want in without, uh, without doing a whole convention. Hello, yeah. Jeb Bush. <laughs> He's ready to go. I'm telling you, Jeb Bush is warming up in the oh, yeah. dugout. He's been ready to go since the year 2000. <laughs> so I don't wish it on anybody, but I'm thinking, man, these tweets are no good. It's really no good. This is, this is, this is I can't believe that, that people just tweet that. I, I don't believe it's, a, I would say if it was an intelligence agency, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. But if you go look at these tweets, you know, I, I just. It think, also could be a honeypot tweet. You know, you put it in there, see who, who, who jumps in. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, I guess. I, I look, my God, your connection is so bad today. So incredibly bad. Huh. Um, I looked at, uh, I looked at, I picked like five of these tweets and I, and I went and looked at their history, you know, see if they had just joined or if they only had a couple of followers. Uh, not only did uh, a lot of them have a lot of followers, but they also had. Um, you know, other websites, uh, tumblers. And if, if this was all, I think people really are this vindictive and nasty. Um, I, I, I can totally see that being true. Um, it could, you know, it could just be very sophisticated, uh, intelligence work. Uh, but they, they certainly fooled me then, which I think you have to get up pretty early to fool people like you and I, uh, on some of yeah, these, uh, these Twitter early. accounts. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, we do have fantastic news, uh, and the news is that, uh, you know, as the president uh, promised, uh, we uh, we apparently do have a, a name that he's going to go after. A what? A name that he's going to go after. You mean a name? Oh, uh, he's going to br- he's going to bring someone to account. Oh, hello. <laughs> Please bring who to account? The, the guy responsible for uh, uh, for the attack. Oh, oh yeah, it's all it's already out there in the Sharpton. Uh, <laughs> uh, right? Squirrel. No, it's not Sharpton. Yeah, I'll get you the guy's name. His name is Katala. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Katala, and it's a great name. I think we can all kind of remember it. K H A T T A L A H. The Wall Street Journal already published his name. Uh, apparently, Katala organized the, uh, let's see, Ansar al-Sharia into this attack. And uh, he is now uh, a hunted man. Uh, and, uh, of course, so we need to hype him up a little bit. We gotta, you know, he's got to get some press, some face-to-face recognition. So I say uh, probably a week. Uh, we got to be talking about the guy, and we keep talking, Katala, Katala. Just wait. You can wait for it when we talk about Katala. By the time I wonder you, if they're going to put him on that bogus list. Oh yeah, and by the time some of you hear this podcast, he'll already be dead. You know, it takes some of you a while to catch up to our shows. Uh, they're going to drone the guy, and uh, it'll be uh, a spiking of the football once again. It'll be uh, Osama bin Laden too. They've just got to, you know, they've just got to kind of up it up a little bit. Just get it all ready. Hype this guy's name. So Katala, wherever you are, uh, you should probably uh, lay low for a while. 
might might be a good idea. Well, let's make the assumption there is no such person. Well, <laughs> I'm sure. We'll, let me see if we have a picture of Katala yet. Let's see. Of course, I also don't think there's any such organization which is you know linked to Al Qaeda or whatever. Let's see, Katala. Do we have any images of Katala? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. We will. Katali. I got Katali. It's not the right guy. It's funny. Katala. Uh, Katala and a picture of Angela Merkel shows up. That's kind of interesting. Uh, code. <laughs> not quite sure why that happened. So why don't we, uh, do we have any producers to thank uh, for? We have uh, a very short list of producers. In fact, I'm surprised we have two. But they're all, they're low. Uh, I mean, Toby Knotts is from Kenilworth, Illinois, which we've talked about uh, him before. Uh, now he's a, he's becoming a knight as of today. Oh, nice, perfect. He's an executive producer, dollars and thirty two cents, which is uh, under the three hundred. But that he's high, so he gets the executive producership. Uh, he wants to kick us to kick in the penny. We checked it out. He looks good. Okay, no problem. We kick, that sounded and, like uh, a dime. Also, and then Michael Baker from Wooluwin. 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 In Queensland. $200, and I don't have a note from him, but let me just make a quick check. Uh, we got nothing but time here, apparently. Uh, Baker, <laughs> E-A-K-E-R. I don't remember anything from Michael Baker. Yeah. We could be wrong. Jason Baker. No. Donation from Michael Baker and Helen O'Toole. Here's my donation of two. It says 250 Oh, this is from August. No, this is an old note from him. So, no, he didn't send anything. He's on no comment. Okay. Well, that's fine. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, uh, at least, we, you know. All right. Well, hey, uh, thank you. We do have a few uh, 5555 well-wishers later in the show. Oh, no, that's cool. Okay. That, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's so, very but nice. Apparently, nobody wanted to be the executive producer for 453, even though the numbers 3, 4, and 5 are both all in that uh, show title. So mm. so both uh, Toby and Michael are associate executive producers? No, no, no. no to Toby, Toby is, the, is executive. the executive producer. I got it. Okay. Michael's I'm, associate. I'm, I'm so confused. All right. Well, thank you very much, Toby. The simple Toby. process. Anyone who donates over $200 gets a producership. If, unless they, if they give over three, two, 333, they get executive producer automatically. Otherwise, the executive producership goes to the guy who gave the most over 200. You know, it's easy. It's, it's very clear on the Dvorak.org slash NA page. I know. I just. I can't make it any clearer. I, I like how you get so all pissed off every single time I pretend I don't know. I don't get pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. Thank you, Michael. Unlike the douchebags in Hollywood, these are actual credits we will vouch for you. And, of course, anyone else who would like to help us out, you can always do this. Propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Beautiful. Beautiful. By the way, I do have uh, I have two clips from the debates that I want to bring, and then I'm done. Okay. First of all, I thought Romney was an, uh, was was interesting, to say the least. Play job Q&A Romney. Okie dokie. What plans do you have to put back and keep jobs here in the United States? 
boy, great question, an important question. It's because not a great question. <laughs> Damn, it's like Rick rolling. You, you did it again. <laughs> Wait, don't tell me it's going to happen again. <laughs> okay, now I've got now the only thing that I liked in the whole debate was Romney getting in Obama's face and telling him that he has an investment in the Cayman Islands, just like he does. Did you see those dust? up and Obama tries to bat her thing and then Crowley tells him to sh- shut up and sit down. Uh, so which clip is that? This would be Romney tries to clarify told yeah. to sit down. So I have over the last... Mr. President, let Romney, me finish. I'm, 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 I'm going to continue. The President, you can make it short. See all these people? They've been waiting yeah. for you. Could you Just make it make short? A point. Then... Any investments I have over the last eight years have been managed by a blind trust. And I understand they do include investments outside the United States, including in Chinese companies. Mr. President, have you looked at your pension? Have you? I'd look. Candy! Candy! Shut him up, Candy! Candy, don't let him ask! Don't, don't let him say that! You looked that. at your pension? I've got to say. Uh, Mr. Pen- President, have you looked at your pension? You know, I, I don't look at my pension. It's not as big as yours. Good line. Good line. Have to say. Excellent line. Let me give you some advice. I don't check it that often. Well, actually, he, actually, it was a good line. Then he blew it, and then he had to make up again. He said, uh, I don't look at my pension. It's not as big as yours. It, and it doesn't take me as long, which says he must be looking at it. So yeah. he kind of, yeah, yeah, and true. then so he stumbled through that, and then he came up with a third line, which was that, well, I don't look at it very often. Yeah. How he's finished? Yeah. Some advice. Which, yeah. Yeah, it was, I, I don't think it was that. You know, I think he blew that. Look at your pension. Uh, you also have investments in Chinese companies. Yeah. You also have investments outside the United States. Yeah. You also have investments through yeah. a Cayman's right. Trust. We're, oh, okay. we're right. sort of way so, off so topic here, Governor Ron. We're, 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 we're <laughs> off topic yeah. off the I thought we were talking about immigration. And we've, I, 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 I came back to what you were talking about. I do want to make sure. If I could have you sit down, Governor Romney, thank you. I do want to make sure that we just understand something. Shut up, Slay. Romney, shut up. Shut Ixnay on the Ina Che. So I have another I'm going to play, which is. Apparently Obama goes off the deep end and keeps yakking and yakking about education. I thought, now, if um, am I mistaken, but don't you remember during the first debate, they said this is the first debate is going to be about the issues and the second debate was going to be about foreign policy. Do you uh, remember this? Uh, yeah. Could you just reconnect, John? Let's see if that helps. I'm sorry. It's just, it's like. No, am I breaking up way too much? Way too much, yeah. It's really We can always go back to Skype. Yeah, we might have to, but let's just try it again. Might as well. Okay, I'm going to unhook and rehook. Yeah, unhook and rehook. Unhook and rehook. Okay. Not yet. I hear you. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, okay. All right, we'll see how that goes. We have to go in and change things. No, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Well, anyway, so. Yeah, go ahead. So he goes up, but it seemed to me that most, almost every answer Obama gave Always followed up with a bunch about how we have to improve education. And <laughs> by the way, th- this killed me. Uh, what I loved is Obama was talking about education, about Jeremy, you know, going to college. And then he said, because we need more manufacturing jobs. Like, what? And you could just see Jeremy going, dude, I'm not going to college to be a factory worker, okay? <laughs> this is not going to happen. Did you catch that? It was like the weirdest yeah, I did. thing. Yeah, that was funny. It was really weird. 
All right, so did you want to play one of these, uh, uh, something else you wanted here? Well, I thought Obama, okay, let's play this one. This is Obama allowed to ramble off topic. Then He just criticized him for going off topic. And he goes off to- topic, and Crowley says, this is supposed to be, you know, she tries to shut him up. He won't shut up. And he says, she says, this, this topic is supposed to be about guns. <laughs> Giving them access to higher education. As I said, we have made sure that millions of young people are able to get an education that they weren't able to get before. Now, Mr. President, uh, but, I have to I have to move you along here. But, you but, said you wanted to hear these it'll, questions, it'll, and we need to do it just, here. Just one second, Once, because, because this is important. This is part of the choice in this election. And when Governor Romney was asked whether teachers, hiring more teachers, was important to growing our economy, Governor Romney said that doesn't grow our economy. The, qu- the when, question, when of course, asked, Mr. Is, President, was, was guns here, so I, I need to move us along. You know, the question was guns. So let me, let but me. This will make bring a difference in, another... in terms of whether or not we can move this economy forward for these young people. <laughs> I understand. And reduce our violence. Okay, thank you so much. I, I want to ask Carol Goldberg <laughs> to stay. I am your bitch. I'll do what you say. I am Candy Crowley. Now, the, the, the whole thing, it was horrible. Uh, it was funny because I was watching Miss Mickey. And I, a lot of this was very subtle. She, I have to say, she was tired. So uh, we, you know, we uh, we had actually recorded it. We came back a half hour after it started. You know, we Im- immediately sat down. We had, had a, a prior engagement, and we had a long drive. We had some shitty food. So she was tired and and uh, not entirely into it. I, but of course, I was like, okay, let's. And I'm I'm watching it with my no agenda eyes, with the scales peeled back. Um, and uh, around, I'd say about. 20, let's say maybe 10 minutes before the end, she just had had it. She couldn't stand, and, and I don't think she could say exactly what it was, but it, it had gotten into her psyche. Uh, but she was very clear to point out she thought that Obama really um, uh, sounded much friendlier, much better. And so this was pure an emotional response that she was having. Uh, and, and I think that that is certainly true. Um, I, I have a feeling personally that when it came to just you know, if you're sitting at home and you're one of the, what now, 30 million people, how, how many do we really have who aren't working, John? 60? Yeah, I have no idea. It's got to be 50 or 60 million. I mean, well, look, okay. Well, they're stuck. It's on all the net. They're on what? All the networks have it. I mean, everybody's playing this thing. Well, well, yeah, no, but I think if you really... Uh, if if you're sitting at home and you're and you're watching this, you probably like Romney more. I don't think no, a lot. I'm not, I, don't I don't think a lot of people were going who have no job were saying, "Yeah, okay, I'll give you four more years." Uh, well, that yeah, you're right. No, you're talking about how many people are unemployed. I think about a million or something more than that, probably if you really do the numbers correctly. There's, there's, we did get a bunch of email. You know, people, you know, our no agenda listeners are trying to help us. Uh, with stuff, and I think they there's a one point in the whole speech that I think they missed it. They were distracted by this little bit of flub that I don't think meant anything, which you can play, which is I'll end the war in Libya. Yeah, no, a, a lot of people caught that one. Uh, yeah, I, but it, I don't. I think it was just. A, I don't think it meant anything. No, I don't think it meant anything either. I said I'd end the war in Libya, uh, in in Iraq, and I did. And I think, uh, by the way, if uh, if you at any point tweeted anything about a binder of women or about Big Bird, uh, your citizenship is going to be taken away. Okay? We're, com- we're coming in with helicopters and we're taking away your passport. You're, if, if- okay, so so the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make here, which is that that 
is a distraction to what actually was a key point that people missed. Buzzkill Jr. caught it immediately. And uh, and then when I heard it, I, and then it, as soon as he said it, I said, oh, geez, yes. Uh, and that's this comment here, which came just before the Libya, which is the clip, Obama means what he says. Okie dokie. Hold on. People, not everybody agrees with some of the decisions I've made. But when it comes to our national security, I mean what I say. Which implies that he doesn't mean what he says about anything else. <laughs> hey, 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 Buzzkill Jr. That's right. It's only that one. Every, yeah, everything else. What he say. Yeah, when you go out and you say, I mean what I say about this. Uh, I mean what I say about this. It has all kinds of implications, and nobody caught that except That's like when someone says, um, oh, do you want me to tell you the truth? I usually say, no, no, please continue to bullshit me like you've been doing for the past 20 years of my life. And you hear that all the time, right? Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth now. I mean, honestly, when someone says that, honestly, and I'll have, I can't help but say, no, 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 please. Please give me the dishonest version like everything else you've been telling me. Don't give me honesty now. I don't like your honesty. That's exactly what that was. Yeah, good catch by, uh, by Buzzkill Jr. Good catch. Good catch. Okay, uh, I'm kind of done. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of done with this too. Um, uh, but it unless be- you want a couple more Rick rolls now, <laughs> you got more. <laughs> they are good. I like it. Oh, I'll good. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting though that uh, Jill Stein, the uh, candidate for the Green Party, along with her uh, running mate for VP uh, Sherry Honkala, tried to enter the debate and were arrested on the spot. <laughs> Yay, arrest everybody. Arrest the other candidates, I tell you. Arrest, if you're from another party, you shall be arrested. <laughs> I thought that was great. That's that's just too funny. That got no press, you noticed. Not a lot of people talking about that one. I thought that was hilarious. I'm still upset about the uh, crowd control concepts that Crowley has hers at the beginning. I mean, they all did on this debate. So I'm watching C-SPAN, and there was a the Montana Senate debate. And and then I hear this on there, the Montana onerous debating rules, free speech. Very short clip. Okay. Hold on. One minute to respond. Then a 30-second rebuttal will be allowed. Each candidate will have two minutes for a closing statement. Before we go to the questions, we all ask that you hold your applause until after the closing comments. Interruptions for applause, hoots, and hollers will eat into the time allotted for each candidate's valuable responses. We're all here to listen to them, not to each other. Please respect them by holding your applause until the debate has ended. This is bull crap. <laughs> it is. Why have an audience there? What is the point? That's what I'm. Why have an audience if the audience has to? St- why don't you just strap them down and gag them and put them in the audience or handcuffed to the seats? And there you go. That's essentially what you're doing. Yeah. Well, that, well I'm all for that. As long as they got some cameras on them. It- <laughs> that's from. Uh, you know where that's from? That's, yeah, that's from the House of the House of House of Parliament. Yeah, very good. How did you know that? They they have a very distinctive sound. Uh, here's the full clip. This is about the uh, hacker uh, McKinnon who will not. Be yeah, ex- I almost had this clip. 
who will not be extradited to the United States for hacking into the moon base, the moon database, which, of course, shows <laughs> that we we do have off world um, uh, military. Uh, as opposed to on world, and he uh, was looking around, and he hacked into some NT three point one systems, and he got this little list of stuff off of someone's desktop. Uh, but they're not going to uh, extradite him because uh, he might kill himself. And I have taken extensive legal advice. After careful consideration of all of the relevant material, I have concluded that Mr. McKinnon's extradition would give rise to such a high risk of him ending his life (laughs) that a decision to extradite would be incompatible with Mr. McKinnon's human rights. I have therefore withdrawn the extradition order against Mr. McKinnon. (laughs) I just love it. We just have to use that from time to time. It's a bunch of low mumbling here-hears. This is my favorite. This is the best one. (laughs) That's the best. Just, just, you know, I think whenever you say that's not a great question, they'll be like, (laughs) I think that's how we do it. You better keep it at the ready. Okay. Seriously, for this show even? Oh, man. No, I'm good. Uh, Okay. Good, good, good. Well, um, let's see. I I know where we should jump to. Okay. Let's jump to the libertarians uh, in Bangladesh trying to blow up the Federal Reserve. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I have uh, several clips uh, on this uh, particular uh, <laughs> this particular event. I have uh, <laughs> I have the BBC background clip if you want to run that for starters. Yes, I would love to have the BBC background clip, and then we'll hit the good stuff. <laughs> Let's turn now to developments in New York, where authorities announced they'd arrested a man they say was plotting to blow up the Federal Reserve Building in Manhattan. Details are still coming in, but it appears the arrest was the result of a sting operation. Let's get more on this from our correspondent in New York, Barbara Platt. Barbara, what's the latest? Well, Laura, we're told by the Justice Department that this plot had been uh, in the progress for quite a long time. Uh, the department says that this Bangladeshi man arrived in America back in January with the intent of carrying out a terrorist attack here. But when he tried to recruit people to help him, he inadvertently contacted an FBI informer. <laughs> inadvertently! point on, uh, the FBI was monitoring him very closely. In fact, the police say that at no time was the public in any danger. And also, it was uh, an FBI agent in what was clearly a sting operation uh, who posed as an Al-Qaeda facilitator and supplied him with the materials that he thought were explosives. That agent was with him this morning when he assembled what he thought was a thousand-pound bomb in a van, when he parked that van next to the Federal Reserve Bank, and then when he tried repeatedly to detonate it from a nearby hotel, and he was arrested after that <laughs> okay uh, I have to say a few things I have there's some new information that has come out just this morning John new information because if you did not think it was already good enough to have a self-radicalized lone wolf out there against the Federal Reserve which of course now puts a crosshair and a laser dot on anybody's head including mine who are against the Federal Reserve I just love that part <laughs> That's true. like yeah, I can it was see a good bit I, I like it Oh no I lo- but now it gets even better because just in time for Cybersecurity Awareness Month We're starting to learn more about the young man accused in the alleged plot to bomb the Federal Reserve Bank of New York the 21 year old Kazi Nafis from Bangladesh was in the United States on a student visa he was majoring in cybersecurity at Southeast Missouri State University where he studied from January through May of this year. Can it get any stupider? So now, 
I mean, because it was just like, I just throw that Wait, in, man. We got to add something to it. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let me say a couple of things. Well, no, wait, before First you, of all, before, I like the BBC. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I like the BBC using they say. Oh, yeah. Oh, as yeah. if it's all bull crap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which, because normally you'd report it as that it's alleged they, they allegedly was going to do this or that, but they they say. They say. The other thing is, and apparently since January or something, so they've been. It, this is what bothers me. This is a ridiculous waste of the taxpayers' money. There's a number of people involved. It, essentially, one guy full time, and who knows how many other agents they keep. One, this guy's one thousand New York agents. One thousand do are on are, are looking out for these uh, idiot terrorist cyber punks. Why can't they just bring the, put the, get, take the guy aside and put a gun to his head and say, hey, we know what you're up to. Either leave the country or knock it off. Yeah. It would be there you go. <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. But no, no. And, 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 and here's the other thing. This is bull crap. What, what, when did the, the, the bank, the Federal Reserve branch in New York City, be a, 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 a target of anyone? In, uh, I mean, there's the, all kinds of things you can do if you're going to blow stuff up. And you wouldn't, in Bangladesh, you're going to come, oh, you know, that nerve needs to be blowed up. I heard don't Ron you Paul hold, Yeah, it. but that, that's the subtlety of it, John. That is the subtlety. So not that, so subtle. It, well, <laughs> now anyone, including myself, and I can probably implicate you, uh, who talks about the Federal Reserve, you are now automatically a terrorist. That's why this is exactly why this was done. And if you're also studying as to be a part of cybersecurity, but of course it, it did give us this wonderful little toss on CNN. We begin the hour with breaking news. We're learning new details of an alleged terrorist plot to blow up the Federal Reserve Bank in New York City with a thousand pound bomb. An undercover FBI operation led to the arrest of uh, this man, a 21-year-old man from Bangladesh who may have ties to Al-Qaeda. CNN's national correspondent Susan Cagliotti is working the story for us in New York. What's the latest you're picking up, Susan? Well, the latest, Wolf, is that he appears to be a lone wolf. It's nothing like thanking Wolf and then saying he looks like a lone wolf. That just tickles me pink. Yeah, apparently it does. <laughs> okay, some of them. That was a long way. They don't all work. The so, long walk. So Ray, Get there. Nah, you're true. All right. So Ray Kelly is the commissioner of uh, of the the police commissioner, New York. Now he loves this, and of course he's entirely complicit. Did you hear his any of his press conference? Nope. Oh, okay, so let's listen to a little bit of it. This and and I love the uh, the the press around him. The New York City Commissioner Ray Kelly is speaking to reporters right now. He's saying New York remains a terror target. He says uh, this individual, this alleged terrorist, was inspired by what's called Inspire Magazine. Inspired by Inspire Magazine. My goodness, the title is outstanding. Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. The Federal Reserve Bank remains, he says, has become an iconic target. Uh, let's listen. Iconic target. John, are you, do you hear this? An iconic target. Iconic. Then to Ray Kelly. What a what a crock. No, it's it, no, it's right on. It's on. It's totally on message. Get rid of these crazy people who are against the Federal Reserve. I'm sorry. It wasn't a real bomb. Should we be that concerned? Well, at all? clearly, if you if you read the complaint, what it shows is this individual came here, came here. for the purpose of doing a, a terrorist act. He came here in January of this year. He gets a student visa 
uh, under the pretext of being a student in a college in Missouri. Throwback uh, to a callback to 9-11. We had the 9-11 hijackers who came here on student visas and were learning how to fly. And uh, he he comes here with, again, the avowed purpose of committing some sort of jihad uh, here in in the United States. He he goes to the uh, New York Stock Exchange. He sees that there's significant security there, and he shifts his target to the uh, Federal Reserve Bank. Can you tell us about the jihad chat rooms? Can you tell us about the jihad chat rooms? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to say anything that's not in the uh, in the uh, complaint. Oh, come on. Give me the IRC address. It did say in the complaint that uh, Facebook was used here. No. I think we need to crack down on Facebook. Facebook, yeah, we got to make sure everyone uses their real name. We got to test you on Facebook. Are you, what, is security, is security in New York changing at all as a result of this? Are you doing anything different? No, we always change our, our game plan uh, a little bit. But as you know, we've devoted an awful lot of resources to our counterterrorism efforts. We have over a thousand police officers every day uh, <laughs> devoted to counterterrorism. Love here. it. We think we're. We're doing the right things. We also believe that we're doing more than any other city in America. So, uh, the role of Enrollo Lockheed. Can you talk about the Internet again, going back to that? How- I love this. Can you talk about the Internet again? We need some more scary stuff about the Internet. Please do some more Internet stuff. Come on. Come on, Ray. Come on. What was that in this undercover investigation? Well, it was significant. And again, uh, <laughs> Facebook was, was used. There was a site. This will all come out in the uh, criminal proceedings. It may, in fact, come out the... Uh, <laughs> Facebook, yeah. yeah. If you're on Facebook, you could be a terrorist. <laughs> I love it. Cracking down on the Facebook. Cracking down. Uh, of course, this Inspire magazine we have downloaded ourselves, John. And we have uh, discussed Inspire magazine. Would you like to know about the actual article that inspired him from Inspire magazine? Yeah. People that he was working with. The role of Enwar Alawaki. Well, Alaki, of course, uh, was eliminated uh, last year. By drone. But uh, what we know is that Alaki was a motivator for uh, this person, Nafis. Uh, Inspire magazine, which Alaki was the prime mover behind, was the uh, magazine, or this is the article that he read, that justified to him the killing of uh, children killing of, of women. Killing of children and killing of, of, of women, John. I just heard it. I heard Ray Kelly say it. Uh, can you imagine what the article's title was? No, you don't know. It's all right. I'm not going to spoil it Is for it you. Is it still published, sir? Is it still published? Well, it's, it's, it's available. And if you recall the case of uh, Jose Pimentel, uh, which we had uh, last year, Pimentel used Inspire magazine, used the article, How to Build a Bomb in the Kitchen of Your Mom. There you go. <laughs> How to build a bomb in the kitchen of your mom inspired this 21 Bangladeshi cybersecurity student to kill children (laughs) and women at the Federal Reserve (sighs) with a thousand pounds of fake bomb. I mean, sorry, weapon of mass destruction. Why do we? I mean, please tell me that no one buys this anymore. Please. Oh, they all buy it. What? We need to come up with something new. But this, I, I think this, this will, hey, yeah. As long as it worked, they'll keep playing the same script over and over. <sighs> yeah. Meanwhile, all these, these so-called stings uh, where, you know, where the FBI comes in and, you know, basically coerces these stupid idiot kids into 
could dialing a cell phone number to try and blow up some fake fertilizer uh, in Seattle. Uh, you'll recall we had a similar case. Uh, that case is now getting thrown out. We're starting to learn more about the young man accused in the alleged plot to bomb the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. The 21-year-old Kazi Nafis from... Ban- I'm sorry, that's the... I'm so sorry. Wrong clip. What an idiot I am. No, here it is. This is the one. Lawyers for a man accused in a terror plot in Seattle want the case thrown out. They say a Seattle police detective purposely deleted evidence. Abu Khalid really? Abdul Latif and another man is accused of plotting an attack on the military processing center on East Marginal Way in July of last year. Abdul Latif's lawyers say a detective handling the case deleted hundreds of text messages from a paid informant. They're now asking a judge to throw out the indictment due to a lack of evidence. Yeah, stuff like... Uh, Hey, man, you want to blow something up? <laughs> hey, you want to be, uh, you want some, lots of virgins? Hey, come on, people. You have to protest this type of reporting. I, I really think we have to, we have to protest these, these out and out egregious, hyped up reports of bull crap. Yeah. For, nah, it keeps the show going. So you remember the um, the the news anchor who got bullied? Bullied news anchor, the one who came out and bullied the guy. Yeah, yeah. So so she got bullied. He sent her a, a, a private note and said, "Hey, you know, hey, lose some weight, sweetie." Yeah, that's basically. I don't. He didn't even say sweetie. He wasn't even that mean. No, but it's what he said. Right. So she uh, went on Ellen's show. Now, if you have this woman who works for. Uh, she works in Ohio at a CBS affiliate, and she has a new show. Um, and you're on Ellen. I mean, well, let's just put it this way. If you are Ellen, and you're the executive producer, let's move into our Curry Dvorak consulting mode for a moment. What could we do, John? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let's put on our hats. Let's put on our visors. There we go. I've got mine on. You ready? You ready? Okay. Uh, John, uh, we can get uh, Jen, the fat news anchor. Uh, we can get her on the show today. What can we do with this? What can we make something out of it? What should we do? Oh well, we've got to. She's got to do a book. We have to have a book or something for her to sell because otherwise it's a missed opportunity. No, I got. You know, we don't have time to wait for a book. We can always bring her back for the book. Maybe we can. Um, I don't know. Promote some CBS programming. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a fallback, but if that's it, as long as we get paid. I'll tell you what. I'll also bring, so we'll do the house ads for CBS, for our CBS shows, and then we'll bring in Marriott for some kind of vacation destination. So we'll get some money out of the deal. Does that sound good? That's not what I want, but uh, it'll do. With Jennifer Livingston from La Crosse, Wisconsin, and uh, I like much. I really do. And I just think more people should watch you. I'm sure that a a lot of people do watch you, but I want more people to watch you. Okay. So I thought we should do a promo together for your show. So let's walk over here. Okay. Do you hear her insincere? Oh, oh, I'm so surprised. Oh, really? What a great idea. Oh. And let's do a promo for your show. Okay. All right. All right. I think we're standing here. Is that right? Okay. Okay, good. All right, let me button my jacket. Okay. Ready? Okay. Then I'll button mine too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because she's fat and Ellen's not. Everyone's laughing. It's funny. Hi, I'm Ellen. 
Ellen DeGeneres, and when I visit La Crosse, Wisconsin, I wake up with Jen and Bill on News 8 this morning, and then I go back to bed because a cover girl needs her beauty sleep. So hold on a second. We just got CoverGirl. We got snuck in CoverGirl because, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is also the spokesmodel for CoverGirl makeup. So that was kind of cool. We snuck that one in. Good one, uh, John. Good one. And now let's throw it over to Randy with sports. Hello there, stepping in for Randy, I'm Matthew Perry. I don't want to talk about sports, I want to talk about Jen and Bill. You should watch them every weekday morning from 5 to 7 on News 8. Oh, and do I have time to mention my show, Go On, Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central? Do I have time to mention? No, I'm sorry, Matthew, we don't have... And the audience loves it! Time for that. So please watch Jen and Bill every weekday morning on News 8 this morning. And watch the Ellen DeGeneres show every single day in La Crosse at 4 p.m. Tell them all the cities. Um, in, in La Crosse and Eau Claire and in Nashville and Chattanooga at 4. Mm -hmm. In Houston at 2 o'clock. New York City is at 4. Uh, Lake Charles at 1.30. Detroit at 10 o'clock. Anchorage. They just do the whole affiliate list. This is, it's, it's just an excuse to do the entire affiliate list of the, of the Ellen show. Is this the woman? This is the woman the doing it. Well, how does she remember all this if this was rehearsed? <laughs> She's reading the prompter, and then and then we get to the sponsor bit. After we've done the cover girl, we get to the sponsor. At four, Honolulu at three, Indianapolis at two, Bowling Green is at three. All right, and one more one more thing for you to read. Sure. Right there. This is very exciting because the winters in Wisconsin can be so cold, and Ellen thinks I deserve a little break, and you are sending me to the Caribbean for a five night. Now I'm just disgusted. That was brought to you by Marriott. You keep, Ellen says it. You can't hear it. Yeah, and the, yeah, and yeah. the crowd goes wild. The fat girl gets to go on vacation. Yeah, lots of embedded. Uh, this is making the. I mean, there's not enough advertising on television, so let's just embed a bunch of bull crap while but, we're at but, it. But they had uh, her show. On the CBS affiliate, they had the Ellen Show on every affiliate, all the new affiliates, of course. It was just a segment to, you know, when you have new affiliates for the show, you want to thank them. Yeah, you it was want to a welcome. giant commercial. Giant commercial. Uh, then for Matthew Perry's show, go on. I like the show, actually. Uh, and then uh, their sponsor, Marriott. You like uh, the show? You like that show? Yeah, I do like that show, actually. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I like the show. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I, make a note. I, I like crazy people. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it when crazy when they make fun of crazy people, and, the, and it's and it's better when crazy people are making fun of crazy people, and especially if they're acting to be crazy. I like the whole thing. I mean, I, I identify with the the crazies. It feels good to so, me. It does. So why would someone name their kid Tag? <laughs> I, it must be uh, maybe it's uh, from Taggart for Taggart. Taggart. So that's Which, an, isn't that a character in uh, Atlas Shrugged? By Ayn Rand. Uh, Dagny Taggart. Uh, correct you are. The Taggart rail, uh, rail Lines. So it could be. It could be uh, named after uh, Taggart Rail. That would be crazy. <laughs> it would be pretty nuts, but it could be. Could be. I don't Did know. you see the story where the uh, the British guys, the British police, uh, tased some blind man? <laughs> they thought his stick was a sword or something? Somebody called in some joke. <laughs> Calls the cops and says, "Hey, there's a there's a guy running around with a samurai sword." <laughs> and so they see this blind guy clicking away, you know, trying to move. 
I guess he was seated for a while. He tased him. Yeah. And he yells, I'm blind, I'm blind. And, he's, and, the guy, and he tased him. I mean, this is unbelievable. I, I think the story is bogus. Really? You think it's you think it's bogus? Oh, that's interesting. I can't believe that it, this would this, it's not possible. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me let me just take a look at the actual story. Colin Farmer, blind man. Let me see. A blind man from Lancashire, England was. T- Let's just read. It's a short report. From Lancashire, England was tasered by police last Friday after law enforcement officers mistook his white cane for a samurai sword. Report says this is not possible. Nobody's going to mistake a white cane. Everyone knows what they look like for a sword, unless you're a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was like being trapped in a nightmare. He told uh, the Guardian. It was the Guardian? Yeah, uh, communist paper of England. Yes. Of record. <laughs> the record. The commie paper of record. Uh, I was absolutely terrified. I thought any second I'm going to take it and have another stroke. According to the Associated Press, that's AP, Lancashire police have expressed deep regrets over the horrible mishap. We have clearly put this man through a traumatic experience. We are extremely sorry for that. We've launched an urgent investigation to understand what lessons can be learned. Hmm. The, oh, AP writes that a different man carrying a samurai sword was later arrested. Aha! Hmm. The old, <laughs> the old he went that away. Trick. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just to uh, let let the slaves know. Shut up, slave! Don't you don't you try to do anything? We we are so badass. We'll tase an old blind man. You think we're not gonna tase you, citizen? Hey! Hey, citizen. Could it be that? So maybe. Here's another screwy thing. So, uh, you know, you you you're familiar with the show The View. Yeah, I don't watch it. <laughs> no, you don't have to watch it because it's terrible. But but they've decided to kind of up the ante a little bit uh-huh. with you know better guests. Uh huh. So they brought in one of the some guy for, the guy from Israel, I guess, and and play the this is this is what they use for the teaser. Open the show with the crowd going wild. Who's the, who's the guy from Israel? Who's uh, it was it wasn't Netanyahu? It was the, some other guy? Okay. Israeli ambassador Michael Oren has a good morning to America about how Iran's nuclear program is aimed right at Israel <laughs> and could drag the U.S. into a world war that'll set the entire Middle East on fire. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, everybody, we could be dying. World War Three might start at any moment. He's, we've got Iran pointed right at Israel. Please welcome the ambassador. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that, that is like the Dvorak Curry Consulting Company that took is, over. That is exactly, you know, that it's, it's pretty much win, lose, or drone without the, without the, <laughs> without the jingle. Yeah, for those of you who have uh, who've never heard it, is it going to go like this? Win, lose, or drone. That's right. We welcome to The View the guy who's about to get a hellfire up his butt. My friend, you're a loser on win, lose, or drone. Here it comes. Woohoo! Something like that. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> That's good. Well, there you go. The, the, someone's listening to the show. So I only have one last offbeat clip. Um, so I, there was a th- they, I got suckered into a tease. Somebody okay. said, that, what, what does it take to seduce a Victoria's Secret model? Uh. So they brought all these dingbats on. Yeah. And they just had the stupidest things to say, except this one girl who says the who has a a little commentary. And as soon as she said said it, I went, "Oh my God! This you want to run like the devil from this one?" A guy actually listens to what I have to say because I have a lot to say. 
There's a lot of things that don't work. <laughs> what she thinks is seduction is somebody who listens to what she says because she's got a lot. Hey, lady, go write a book. You don't have a lot to say. Oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. John C. Dvorak opens a binder full of women on the No Agenda podcast. Wow. I've got a lot to say. I've got, and he has to listen. <laughs> he has to listen. Oh, yeah, oh, go. Oh, 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 John, hold on a second. And this just into CNN, at least eight suspected Al-Qaeda operatives killed by a U.S. drone strike in Yemen. your daily drone report are we keeping up on the drone page yeah did, did you like the new jingle yeah i love it that sounds like a uh, like a jeff smith no it's not jeff smith it's uh uh kevin reeves no it's really nice play it again the drone again Naturally. now what i like about this is it's a classic uh, melody it's uh, gilbert o'sullivan uh, naturally is the song but it is, it is, it is, he did very much like a Jeff Smith thing. This will stick in your head forever. You, it, <laughs> it's called, you keep singing, a drone again. Naturally, you will be on, pooping on the toilet. And for no reason, all of a sudden. <laughs> that's right. It's like, <laughs> just minding your own business. All of a sudden. A drone again. Naturally. And whenever you see a report on television about us droning and there must be something going on there in Yemen because we got another top operative. That attack taking place at a farmhouse in southern Yemen. And according to Yemeni officials, a senior leader of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula yeah, yeah, was yeah. one of those killed. We'll stay on that story. Meanwhile, we got another one. Another top official. Good job. <laughs> Some poor guy's farmhouse. <laughs> In the farmhouse. Can't they catch him on in his car leaving the farmhouse? <laughs> no. no got some cows and everything to go along with it. Love the jingle, Kevin. Love the the jingle, Kevin. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Really, really love it. Um, just before we... Uh, now, I showed this to Ms. Mickey um, this morning. And women don't find this funny. They do not find this funny at all. Uh, in fact, I tweeted this out last night, and I, and I couldn't help but laugh when I saw this video. And I've played it several times, and I just love it. Some tough times for the Australian Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, had an embarrassing moment oh, this morning in New Delhi, India. She was visiting a memorial to Mahatma Gandhi, and she took a tumble. Later, she said one of her heels got stuck in the soft grass. Did you see this? Did you see this video? No, I missed this. It oh, sounds good. Oh, oh, just, I don't, you can even go helium. Just uh, Google Gillard Falls and just look at the, uh, and just look at the video. She falls on her face, like face plant. Like, she does a face plant. Oh, wow. yeah. Boom. And then watch the guy in the white, in the white dress. He's turning around and he's laughing. He gets me every single time. Because the guy's laughing? Because <laughs> he's like, ooh. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can, if you Let's want. I can find a YouTube. There's YouTube. Yeah. So if you want, I can uh, I can put a, uh, a curry.com link on it if, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you really well, here want. Here it is. I'm watching. Yeah, you're going helium. It's, all, it's worth it. You should watch it. It's really funny. You got it? No. Jeez. <laughs> 
Did you see the guy laughing in the white yeah, dress? He's cracking up. <laughs> kind of unhook. Uh, uh, all right, you're gonna have to uh, uh, reset your uh, <laughs> reset your uh, your USB thing there because you're all helium. It was worth it, but you're helium. Hello. I guess he's doing that already. Yeah, me now. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you sound like crap. Wow. So, let me see. That was pretty cool with Gillard. But women don't like it. She didn't mind it. She was smiling afterwards. (laughs) I think she minded. (laughs) Uh, But she said... We have to, men get to wear flat shoes. Well, you can wear flat shoes. I don't understand that. So like now all of a sudden it's women have to wear this. No. Well, Hillary does, so they all do. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought up Hillary. This is very, very cool. So um, Clippity Clop, actually I should get her jingle out. Hold on a second. Um, it, it wasn't a good Clippity, by the way. They've moved the carpet uh, in, uh, in her room there. So now when the door is open, she's almost on the carpet immediately. So you can barely get a Clippity Clop out of her. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to play that one. <laughs> I wanted to play Clippity Clop. Jump in the gun. Yeah, the am. message is clear. Clippity Clop. <laughs> okay. So here's Hillary with the Italian foreign minister doing one of her little Clippity Clop stand ups. Our, our very strong uh, commitment uh, to making uh, a difference uh, in the world and beyond. And on that point, let me congratulate uh, the European Union on its uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Certainly, uh, it's quite remarkable to see how unified and peaceful uh, Europe is. Oh, well, let's switch over to the BBC. About the general strike in in Athens, where uh, it's kind of kicked off, if you will. You can see, uh, oh, there's a... um, Firebomb, if you will. Uh, but we've seen some tear gas being dropped. Of course, what is this? The what is it? The, the second, third general. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yes, this is this is our, our peaceful our peaceful Europe. There, Hillary. Thanks. taxi drivers. This is fantastic. Congratulations on your peace prize. Bus drivers, air traffic controllers, and of course the. There's nothing but explosions and firebombs going off in Athens. It's not just Athens. No. He's sort of. But this Athens is good. Merkel and uh, the other Eurozone, some of the other Eurozone leaders who are insistent. Wow, there's some rather dramatic shots there with those uh, firebombs. <laughs> but uh, these other Eurozone leaders insistent that Greece stick to these very tough austerity measures. Uh, in the 21st century, and that did not uh, happen by coincidence. It happened because of the very hard work and dedication of uh, leaders and citizens across Europe. Uh, so. Uh, for us, uh, it's a great validation. Well, <laughs> what planet are you on? Oh, horrible woman. Well, you, if you haven't noticed, they don't show any of this this crap going on to the American audiences. So she's just playing to the American audience. And, and this was a mistake. I mean, this was supposed to be like a nice little morning chat show where they're just showing a top shot camera of the police. And all of a sudden you see these Molotov cocktails flying through. And they're literally surprised. Like, oh, oh, oh that's a firebomb. Oh, well. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, what should we do? Right, Portugal, of course, is also, uh, uh, they're clamping down. I don't think, there's, are there riots in Portugal? Have you seen anything yet? 
Uh, that, that's been pretty obscure. Hmm. I do have a report. Portugal is facing enormous tax increases next year, according to Finance Minister Vitor Gaspar, as he unveiled the harshest austerity budget seen by the country in living memory. The average levy on wages would rise from 9.8% to more than 13. A greater amount of people could end up paying more, with the number of tax categories reduced from 8 to 5. Hikes in income and corporate taxes will make up almost three quarters of government revenue in 2013 as Lisbon tries to adhere to the 78 billion euro bailout program. Growth is expected to contract by 3% this year and 1% next. The new budget sees over €1,300 cut from public salaries and pensions, and unemployment and healthcare benefits will also be slashed. On Saturday, thousands of actors, singers and dancers were on the streets of the capital for a day of cultural protests against the austerity measures. Yeah, yeah, that'll help. Cultural protests. We'll do a little dance. Please don't cut my, my, any of my Social Security. And by the way, this is coming to your United States of Gitmo Nation. No, make no qualms about it. You're going to all be bending over. It's all, if, especially if Romney gets elected. He's going to well, take. It won't make take, any difference who gets elected. Oh, you don't? Th- oh, I think he'll just be quicker. Maybe that's better. I mean, he's, he's going to mm-hmm. do it immediately. You don't think he'll be quicker? Well, right now there's a bunch of things going on with Obama essentially threatening the uh, Congress uh, over this the financial cliff. Yeah. Saying that he's not going to sign anything unless they put in a tax hike for the for the people making over $250,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and so they're they're going to call his bluff. And what do they're you think call his bluff? What do you think it'll really mean though? I mean what what will it really come down to? The stock market's going to collapse. Really? Cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, collapse like, where? what is it now? What, 29,000? It said 13,000 something. Okay. So what What would a collapse be? Down to seven? Down to six? Yeah. Really? And why, and why will that happen? Well, for one thing, it just will. I mean, it's <laughs> no. a psychological. <laughs> no, I don't know why. No, come on. Nobody knows why. I'm just telling you it's going <laughs> to collapse. All right. No, well, hold on. Could you, do you have this in the book, please? I, I want this one in the book. Because okay. it's a good prediction. So when we hit the fiscal cliff, which I don't think actually is, a, it does. it's not like January 1st, it all happens, is it? Or, is it like, or January 2nd, the stock market opens and it, boom, it's down to six. Is that, is that what you're saying? Well, it, it's going to be, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll ratchet down. Okay. Okay, I'll put it down. Ratchet down to, down to six. six. Six thousand. Cool. Yeah. And then um, what will happen to my gold? Your gold? <laughs> uh, the gold will not go down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to go up, though. But it will not go down. This is a, kind of a good thing, though. Well, you see, here's the thing about the gold that's kind of irksome to me. Apparently, Soros is all in. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Because he's buying gold, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but he could be senile by now, for all we know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bl- blame it on the senile guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought gold was actually going... Wasn't gold and silver, weren't they going down just a little bit in the past few... Uh... They've been going up and down. There's the, right now, I think gold's at 17,000-something. Okay. It could go... To, it might go to 2,000 next year, possible. Okay. I don't know. Let's find out. I mean, if, if uh, Obama... I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that before the... Uh, uh, 
end of the year something has to take place and nobody's there's no action right now there's it's it's stagnant right um, the fis- fiscal cliff. But the fiscal cliff, uh, let's just revisit that because I, I think a lot of people just hear this term fiscal cliff. They have no idea what it actually means. It means that uh, a number of tax cuts for everyone, uh, for everyone across the board, are going to unwind. And uh, that means we'll be paying more tax. But what exactly are these taxes? I think we've done this before. I just can't really remember what they are. But it seems like you would know. Uh, yeah, it would seem so, wouldn't it? Well, let's take a look on the Fiscal Cliff website. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 hold on a second. This is good. There's a Fiscal Cliff website? And among the laws set to change at midnight on December 31st, end of last year's temporary payroll cut ta- uh, payroll tax cuts, you remember that? Yeah. Which is going to increase everybody's payroll tax. The end of a certain tax breaks for businesses. In other words, the way you can deduct expenses is going to change. So now you have to pay everything. Mm-hmm. Shifts in the alternative minimum tax, the end of the tax cuts from the uh, Bush tax cuts, uh-huh. and the beginning of taxes related to Obama's health care law, also, that goes into play. Mm. Uh, at the same time, spending cuts agreed to as part of the debt ceiling deal of 2011 will begin to go into effect, which means they're going to cut the military. And over one minute programs can be pulled uh, so, off the table. So I, I, I've been thinking about this. Um, cutting the military, it would actually be very bad because that's the only business we have. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because I mean that's the only thing that keeps people employed in this country uh, is uh, is 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 military and related industries. Yeah. So <laughs> so wait a minute. So we're, we're kind of taking our tax money and pumping that into. Machinery that kills people, preferably brown people who live in sandy areas, uh, and that keeps our neighbors at work. It's kind of a cool system. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> mind burying the dead. Oh, they're far away from me. I don't have to bury the guy in Yemen. Besides, he was uh, Al-Qaeda. Farmhouse. <laughs> Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda in the farmhouse peninsula. Okay, so, well, all right, so then the... Uh, the market help? will not take this kindly, so it's going to collapse. Right. Okay. So my guarantee will be at least nine. It'd go down to nine thousand. That'd be fun. Interesting. Buying opportunity for you, short <laughs> sellers. Yeah. 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 I'll be doing that. I like. I like Romney's whole idea. If you can understand what he's saying, it's in the kitchen somewhere. He's Romney is Romney is saying that uh, you'll get to deduct twenty four thousand dollars. Or $25,000 just of anything you feel like, right? Uh, Something like that. You're not listening to me. You're talking to someone else. I know. JC came in here. He's looking for the key. For what key? The key. The key. Yeah. Well, tell him not to bother you during the show. He's left. He's left. All right. Um, So you get to... What he's saying is you'll be able to deduct $25,000, but then you'll only pay 20% on um, uh, on on, on your taxes. Yeah, that's never going to be It's bull crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I would elect you, man. I just want my 30000 That's 30 grand. 30 Cash grand. money. I Cash like on it. the barrel. I like it. Well, sticking with Euroland for a moment, uh, of course, we have yet another uh, summit taking place. And uh, this is now, uh, of course, all part of the original plan of having a crisis. And then when the crisis is in, then, of course, we need to uh, start implementing the entire the real union, the political union. But not after we complete the banking union, which means all the banks will be uh, uh, basically 
put together and controlled by Brussels, and they have a great name for it, the SSM, which is just great. It's SS, of course, that's, you know, the... Uh, that's right. The uh, Hitler's secret police and SM as in sadomasochism and Barossa. The, the worst. Yeah. And yeah. There's SS troopers that are uh, say, sadomasochist, which is you know why they have the skull. And here is Barroso hyping it up. Soon. What I still expect is possible to do is to have an agreement until the end of this year on the one very important element of the banking union is a single supervisory mechanism. As you know, the European Commission put forward a proposal, and I expect the next European Council to agree on the main elements of this proposal. So I love this. So the European Commission, put, Commission puts the proposal together, and then the European Council votes on it. How, how are you doing, European slaves? <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, we'll take care of that banking for you, citizen. No worries. We got it all covered. Unbelievable that, that the Europeans stand for. And I, I've been talking to a lot of Europeans because, of course, they are following our, our campaign election. You know, they, they, they love the show. Uh, they actually think it's all real. And, uh, and I say, you know, y'all are laughing about us. Have you seen what's going on in, in your neck of the woods? I'm like, oh, no, man. We're Europe. EU, baby. We got all covered. Yeah, not good. No. So um, there's one news, uh, kind of a, a thread I was following, which I still think is kind of interesting. We mentioned it on the last show, but it's getting more. It's getting more interesting the more I listen to these these con- congressional guys, uh, which is what's happening with Huawei. Yeah. Now bring us up to speed. This is the company from China that is making uh, routers, and they spy on us. Uh, well, they, they, if you, you, when you start reading between the lines of why we don't want them uh, in the country, the picture becomes pretty clear that they can spy on us if they wanted to. And I, in, I have four clips, but let's start with. Unfortunately, they all say the, they're the first clip uh, because I kept backing up. Oh no, this is even better. So I have. Uh, Huawei Clip Zero, which introduces... (laughs) Ah, it's like Ground Zero. Okay, here we go. We trust the Chinese. If I were an American company today, and I'll tell you this, as the chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, and you were looking at Huawei, I would find another vendor. If you care about your intellectual property, if you care about your consumer's privacy, and you care about the national security of the United States of America. Republican Congressman Mike Rogers and the ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, Dutch Ruppersberger, believe that letting a Chinese company build and maintain critical communication infrastructure here would be a serious mistake. Okay, so they're they're basically cutting them off at the knees. And Huawei's kind of a bunch of douchebags anyway, so it's not really bothering anybody. But now play the, the clip that says play this first. United States of America. Republican Congressman Mike Rogers and the ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, Dutch Ruppersberger, believe that letting a Chinese company build and maintain critical communication infrastructure here would be a serious mistake. One of the main reasons we are having this investigation is to educate the citizens and business of the United States of America and the telecommunications world. Once you get the camel's nose in the tent, you can go anywhere. 
Their overriding concern is this, that the Chinese government could exploit Huawei's presence on U.S. networks to intercept high-level communications, gather intelligence, wage cyber war, and shut down or disrupt critical services in okay, times stop, of national stop it there. Now, here's the question. If that's true, what are we doing? Well, what do you mean, what are we doing? If they, if the gear, if all these route, these routers and this, and this in telecommunications gear, which we also make, Ericsson makes and Alcatel makes, those are the four companies in the world that do this stuff. Right. And Cisco. Wouldn't our stuff be this, I mean, if we would only know that you could do this sort of spying if our equipment did it, right? Yeah, well, of course. You, you're saying that we're not? I would, no, I'm saying we are, but that's yeah. what's kind of the underlying message here that's being ignored by the, by this whole discussion. What is, why is this discussion on, what is the contract that Huawei is out for? There's obviously a big fish and someone else is going for it. And I would say that someone else is probably Cisco. What? Well, actually, Cisco probably won't get this. This is the, this is the 4G stuff that Huawei makes. Ah. And the big fish is all the telecom companies. Okay. So it's all the 4G stuff is what you're saying? Yeah. And the only guys that really do it right is Huawei and Ericsson. Right. Well, Ericsson, don't they lose money on this stuff? I thought they really Yeah, they, they do, really and they're suck. still bitten undercut. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so this goes on and on. It's a very long piece, and I don't want to play any more of the clips except the one. They do have some stooge that's, his name's Plummer. He's a PR guy who's the only guy that Huawei will let anyone talk to. To this company was started by some general from the Chinese army or something. He won't. He's never given an interview, and it's very secretive. And this company now is the biggest in the world, and it's, everyone suspects the Chinese are the reason because they're just essentially China. But so this this apologist comes on at the end, and I have to say, finally, some even though there was easy pickings because the guy's a douchebag. Uh, they they actually drill him with some some harsh you know kind of treatment which I thought was worthwhile listening to. Over the ten years of explosive growth, we were not as good as at communicating about ourselves as we could or should have been. But over the last couple of years, we've really stepped that up. We, you want to know more about us? We're an open book. Really? Yeah. Has Mr. Wren ever given an interview? Mr. Wren is not terribly well known for his 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 getting out in front of the media. We requested interviews at various points along the way with company officials both in China and here. And we got their most important spokesman and lobbyist here in the United States, but it's not like they swung open the doors and said, you know, we're an open book. Well, I think that you allowed our camera crews in to your facilities in Shenzhen, and there was a big banner saying, welcome 60 minutes, but we weren't allowed to talk to anybody. Well, I think that we... To speak to anybody. The goal of the visit to Shenzhen was to give a really rich and visual impression of the company. It is a company that has experienced a history of not fully balanced treatment by the media. Um, and that's created a sense of wariness. Huawei's not going to like the treatment it receives from the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence any better. Its final report is due tomorrow. So when I am elected president in 2016 and I kick uh, Hillary and uh, Jeb Bush's ass as an independent, I am going to put tariffs on all um, Chinese manufactured electronics to a thousand percent. 
Just kick it all out. I mean, it's ridiculous. Just kick it all out. It's all crap. And, you know, it's going to suck and you won't have your iPhone 7 or 8 at that point. And it's going to, you know, you're going to be, I don't have my Android didn't work, my iPhone, my iPad. And it'll take five years when, when I'm reelected for my second term. And then we'll have American-made products, which will be very functional, will work great and look ugly. Well, it's not that the Huawei stuff looks great. No, but I'm just saying that as a part of that. You know, we have very little design sense in America, unfortunately. So most of the stuff looks like crap. Apple, yeah. Apple stuff will probably still look good. I mean, the Apple stuff, yeah, is, yeah. that'll look good. We get, But again, it's a, it's a Brit. You know, Johnny Ives. I'm Johnny Ives. I design a beautiful iPhone. I'm Johnny Ives. I am Sir Ives. So we'll have, we'll have, Johnny Ives. I'm Johnny Ives. <laughs> You're like the Johnny Ives puppet. If you ever wanted, if you ever saw Johnny Ives, wouldn't you just want to just slap him? Just, it just, <laughs> is there something a little bit in you? You just wants to slap the guy. I can't help myself. And he's like, well, when we were deciding, we wanted, we wanted to uh, make something really functional and beautiful. Blow me, Johnny Ives. I never heard of this guy before a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, just, but you know, you know what I mean. It's just, it's just a little too smug for me. I mean, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. It is beautiful. It really is. But, you know, there was a point when we all thought Bang & Olufsen was beautiful, too. That went out of fashion. Yeah. Well, Bang & Olufsen stuff, the newer stuff, they still have the stores. I don't know. It's completely out of fashion. I think it's really it expensive. When is the last time you saw a B&O set up in someone's house? I can't recall. I don't, I don't well, have friends rich enough, probably. I but. don't think I've ever seen it. And you I know, do have friends rich enough. Hmm. Who's buying but that they crap? Tend to rich, the rich enough friends tend to have stuff, you know, these really ridiculous, uh, high-end, uh, crazy stuff. Yeah. That cost thousands and thousands of dollars more than Bang & Olufsen. Hmm. Well. I don't know. Just, it seems to be for the apartment, rich apartment dweller. Well, I just don't under. I mean, this story has been on the books. Of Maybe course. it's a money laundering up. Maybe some money laundering <laughs> yeah, operations. B&O, they're just running drugs through the company. And yeah, look at the CD player. Don't look over here. I, this whole Huawei story, which, of course, is I've not seen reported really anywhere else um, in the tech press. Tech press doesn't understand what to do with this story. Uh, so I'm glad you're bringing it up. But if, to me, it seems like we enough already. Can we just stop with the Chinese gadgetry? I mean, can we just stop? We can make this stuff in America. We have fabs in America. We wouldn't that be? Isn't that the solution to everything? Wouldn't that solve that the the whole economy if we all just become little um, little Chinese factory workers? I mean, everyone, well, actually, even in the Chinese factories, is mostly robots now. Hmm. It's it's the cost of doing business is really the problem with it with the highest corporate tax rate in the world. In the United States, it's very difficult for anyone to start a factory and do anything. Right, but if there's no competition from outside, it'll be easier. Yeah, then you could jack up the prices and, and, and manage to make well, a living. Well, hold on a second. You're, I mean, you have to remember, not only am I president in 2016, but, you know, you are my, um, you're my running mate. And, I'm and the Joe Biden. You are the <laughs> John O. Biden, John C. O. Biden. And uh, you'll be handing out $30,000, everybody, and have zero corporate tax rate. And this is our plan, isn't it? Yeah, that would be fine. Then we'd be, we'd be pumping it out 
right. out. And then what else? Well, of course, uh, by then the that's all you need. By the way, that's the two things: give everybody ten dollars and drop the corporate tax rate to zero, and the country is back on its feet. The question is, will we ever have your connection fixed by that time? Probably not. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. I hear you. As I break up here in the ether, we do have a few people who donated. James Chapko, Crown Point, Indiana, 155.55. Feel free to use my name on the show. No need for jing- Been a boner since my last donation on episode 198. Adam suggested the check state's unclaimed money website. For I think I'm the one who suggested wow. that. Uh, John, just stop. Just stop. Just reconnect <laughs> or something. Just do something, please. So let's just do James Chapko again for me. Let's see how we do. James Chapko in Crown Point, Indiana, 155.55. Uh, no need for jingles. Been a boner since my last donation on episode 198, around eight, episode 380 or so. Adam suggested to check the state's unclaimed money website for free cash, and there was $100 in his name. Huh. You, you deserve the money plus a magical, by the way, everyone should do that. A bunch of, and, and not just in your state. I have some money sitting in the New York, New York uh, city or the state of New York. Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid to do that because I looked it up once and they said, you know, you have to send us all your information. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, we went through this whole conversation. But well, we're going through it again. This is, you went to some scam site. Well, what's the site I need then? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Free <laughs> money for me from the state. It should be a state.gov site. Okay. Oh. If it's anything else, it's a scam. Okay. Uh, Black Knight Jan Persil in Hamburg, H.A., Deutschland. Oh, he's in Hamburg. Mm. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, it's been a nightmare. Just woke up from a dream last night in which I was listening to No Agenda. My donation could not be read out. Oh, Even no. worse, the show had to end because of it. And I was the one responsible. Well, since we are slowly closing in on the flu season and because of my subconscious half, a.k.a. the dark side of the night, gently reminding me of my knighthood duties, here is a karma booster shot donation, booster shot donation, which I urge everyone to consider if you do not want the show to come to an end. would love you for some trains, good planes, bad karma for you guys since you seem to travel more these days. And for Werner Bogula. In retrospective, because he is the best meme-preaching colleague one could ask for when going out there and propagating the formula to journalism students. Okay. What's this last thing? Vietnam was a blast, Werner. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I think that he wanted the code read out. You can't just, like, leave that out of there. Okay. okay. All right, Black Knight Yon, here we go. All aboard, train's good, plane's bad. Woo-hoo. You've got... Karma. There's your booster shot. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, hello. Hello. Yeah. A John Cosimano in White Plains, Maryland. One, two, three, four, five. I don't have a note from him. I think I did get one. Uh, Austin Voss in, Sir Austin Voss in Calgary, Alberta. One, 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 one. Happy fifth, uh, which is a double 55, 55. Ashley Hurst in Seattle, 69, 60. Oops. 
Oh, well, hold on a second. Hold on. That came way too quick. It's uh, uh. <laughs> not even the right one. Right, this, it could be the last time, so here we go. 69, dude. Don't want to miss 69, the opportunity. 69, 69, you got there. Oh, wow. A lot of Ash, them. Ashley Hurst in Seattle, 69, 69. David Eckersley in Yelling Up. Yelling Up. Western Australia, 69, 69. Uh, let's keep some lucky Swazanuf streak going for all those in need of some getting late karma. But for me, can I have some Perth house selling karma? Oh, absolutely. Here it comes. You've got karma. Search Charles Anderson in Columbus, Ohio, 6969. Got to keep the Swazilnuf going. Just how do you spell that anyway? We actually had it as a show title. PayPal canceled my boarding pass subscription saying that you canceled it. Bull crap. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. And they always say that we did it. Ugh. It's beyond me. Hey, so hold on a second. State of New Jersey, Adam C. Curry has the address where I lived. And then it says reported by not disclosed amount not disclosed. Ooh, that's a big amount. That's what you said last time we went through this. <laughs> <laughs> and then you click on it. If you can answer yes to all these questions, you may be able to claim this item. Is this your name? Yes. Do you live or have you lived at the address listed? Yes. Do you have or have you lived in the state holding the property? Yes. Have you conducted business with the company listed in the reported by column? Well, I don't know because it says uh, un, uh, unreported. So I just say, yes, I can claim. Yeah. And then it wants all of this information. Like what? Uh, all my information, including my social security number. Not so happy at giving that to missingmoney.com. Oh, you're at missingmoney.com? Yeah. Go find the, the web website run by the state of New Jersey. They they link you through to missingmoney.com. I'm no. Not, yes. Yes. Here it is. State of New Jersey, Department of the Treasury, claimant information, reporting information, search for unclaimed property. And you click on that from the unclaimedproperty.nj.gov and it says, you are now leaving the state of New Jersey Department of the Treasury, unclaimed property administration website. To conduct the property shirt, you're being reconnected at missingmoney.com. UPA works on a daily basis with the missing money to reunite New Jersey residents with lost or abandoned property. Well, I, but then I have to give my uh, my uh, uh, social security number to these guys? This is exactly what we went through last time. Can you refuse to do it and just contact them and tell them your concerns? Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Well, it could be a million dollars. <laughs> that would mean that at one point I had a million dollars. You don't just like a million dollars doesn't just show up. All right, screw you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fill it out. I'm, I'm going to put in my my. I'm just going to do it. What, what it's are they going like to do? Five grand or yeah. something. Big big dough. Yeah. You know, it's like what are they going to steal from me anyway? Go ahead, take my identity. Good luck with it. Well, I don't think they're going to do that. All right. Uh, I just noticed this donation has to take up my total of one three three seven eight magic numbers. Just show up. Please give me a, a shut up, slave. Two to the head. Job hunting karma. I work for a very large financial institution. When it sounds like you're running after someone, and us peons don't get massive bonuses. That's for the douchebag investment bankers <laughs> on Wall Street. And I got shifted over to a new position that's not really something that's my bag. In the moral, in the morning, in the Hold up! What? Oh, and the morale in the in the whole department is crap. So I'm going to be looking for something new soon. All right, here we go. Shut up, slave. 
You've got karma. Job hunting karma. That's something sick about that combination. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Indeed. We love it's it. totally sick. We love it. Daniel Vargan, Raleigh, North Carolina, 6969. Keep up the good work. William Arcan, Black Knight Bill uh, in Dracket. Dracket. Is it Dracket? Dracket. Mass, uh, mass of tax nuts. Yay, yay, yay. It's got to take a while to get onto that. Mm-hmm. 69, because I know how much you hate. Yeah, when you say it, yeah, it's kind of annoying. Mass of tax nuts is good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, that was mine. That's why it was good. No, you said it, and then I identified it. <sighs> okay, sure. 69, 69. Newt, <laughs> or Canute, Matheson in No City. Uh, no cities, no city. No city, no state. 69, 69. Long-time droner, first-time donor. I've uh, been listening to Noah Genesis Adams' journey into the pipelines. I just can't get enough of it. Oh, nice. I'd like a hey, citizen, two to the head, yay. <laughs> For privacy reasons, do not use my NAS. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, good good work, everybody. Oh, Canute the, is the way it's pronounced. The staff is doing great work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, slave. <laughs> yay! Karma. <laughs> If, you, if people, I'm going to tell you once, I'm going to tell you. If you're going to want an anonymous name, put it right at the beginning of the note. Yeah. Say anonymous right at the beginning. It's very easy to do. You don't bury it in the message. Exactly. Sorry, Canute. Uh, and, and, and just keep highlighting his name. That's really, that, that really works. He, says he's, he wanted me to pronounce it. <laughs> Brandon Savoie in Port Orchard, Washington, 6969. Jeez. I hope the 6969 donation streak never ends. By the way, we do not promote this. No, we, also, in fact, we think th- it's going to end every single week. I think it's done. Congratulations. Nothing further is needed from you at this time. Your claim has been electronically forwarded to the state of New Jersey. Unclaimed property administration. If anything further is needed from you to process your claim, the UPA will contact you directly. Return to search for more missing money. <laughs> awesome. So these guys became outsource bullcrappers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this whole missing money thing is annoying. Any bank account that you don't like dick with every so often, they just send it right to the state. They take the money, boom, it's gone. Really? Yeah, and you go back to the bank, hey, where's my money? Oh, I said we sent it to the state. Why? Why? Because you haven't been in for nine months. Huh. So what? Yeah, that is kind of weird. I lost. My, my bank account at the San Francisco, uh, I, I had a, a nice account at the credit union, state employees credit union. And I go there to, to put some, do some work with them, and boom, the money's all gone. And the account's closed. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll uh, see what happens. I mean, either my identity is now being used uh, by some douche nut in uh, Nigeria. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. I <laughs> hope you never pay. Say, okay. Uh, I hope you never play another Leon Panetta head a clip ever again. Leon Panetta, pin, pinhead a clip. Pinheada. No. The Leon Pinheada. Pinheada. I get it. Pinheada. Got it. Yeah, I get it. I haven't been properly lobotomized from having to stand on deck to listen to the speech a couple of months ago. So I can I get an Italian mafia hit uh, previously defined as little girl shop slave followed by two to the head. Yes, we can give you that one. No problem. Shut up, slave. Stay zitto, schiavo. You've got 
Karma. So I'm assuming Brandon's on a boat somewhere. Ship. Yep. Jan Kolapaina in Essen. <laughs> Hold on a second. Who? <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, you did pretty well. Jan Kolapaina. I think that's correct. Ha. And he laughs. 6969. Small return for keeping me sane. He would like to get some two delicious MILF ITM karma. Jeez Louise, come on. Two delicious MILF. Oh, man, you keep me busy. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. MILF. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. It's not like this is easy or anything, you know. You, didn't, you left out the ITM. Oh, no, I didn't. In the morning. There it is. Stephanie Herlinger in Rochester. New York, uh, Codex, hometown, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. William T. Christman the fourth, Baxter, Kentucky, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. ITM, longtime boner, now from Harlan, Kentucky, known for coal multi-generation welfare families and the show Justified. <laughs> I've been here since John's comments on linguisa and cooking sous vide. Yuck! I wrote Adam of an encounter with DHS FPS officers at a traffic stop. And promise to donate. I humbly request some F cancer karma for two new listeners. My wonderful friend, uh, Shara, and my mom, Amy, who is battling stage four, lung and bone. Hmm. Dedouche me too. Thanks for all the you guys do. Oh, my goodness. Of course. You've been dedouched. You've got karma. I'm going to have to count up these 69, 69s. It looks like we're getting close to the record of 22. Uh, Lauren, uh, Sir Larry Franchek in Lust Wages, Nevada. Uh. 69, 69. <laughs> 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 Sir Larry here. Dame Kara and I were listening to Sunday's show, and we're shocked to hear the 69, 69 donation by another Larry and Kara. Uh-oh. Since the odds of this happening are almost... One uh, seventeen one two oh. He's from Las Las Wages, so he would know mm-hmm. seventeen million to one. We feel like it's a sure sign to donate to the best podcast in the universe. I think better is we should hook you guys up, and you should have a foursome, like wife swapping or something. Yeah, they wouldn't have to worry about shouting out the wrong name. <laughs> well, unless it's Larry and Larry. Hello. Oh, Larry! Oh, Larry! Oh, Larry! Well, I'm thinking modern here, John. Not like you, old fashioned, old school. A random hillbilly in Elkins, West Virginia, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Uh, 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 his delay is due to a continual IRS reaming, which may be ending soon. Adam is right. We should never give Adderall to the kids. Why should they should be for us? <laughs> yeah. an old space cadet is the only way I can get through some weekdays. Yeah, keep that to keep that to us, man. Don't be giving that to your damn kids. Crazy. And again, I will sometimes mix it with the weed because speed plus <laughs> weed is. <laughs> Wait a minute. Speed plus, plus weed is speed. Sounds like a groovy combo. I wish I still did weed. I would definitely try it. Cool. Uh, where's Waldo or Waldo in Kalamazoo? Well, Waldo's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We found him. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Uh, your team has shown integrity not seen in the media. Adam admitted some negative accusations about Ron Paul were plausible. And John conceded similarities between it can happen here and Atlas shrugged. <laughs> Keep analyzing the legislation and getting us the real news. Please give me some personal and professional karma. Also give Horowitz some karma for hiring Adam. Oh. What? 
<laughs> he didn't hire me. I did it for free. It's like I do a little disclaimer at the end of his uh, at the end of his uh, podcast thingy. Oh, you you do the little the rap? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. He said, "Would you do that for me? How much you would it cost?" You got your voice overworked. <laughs> yeah, unpaid. He said, "How much?" He literally said, "How much should you charge for that?" I'm like, "I'm not going to charge you money for that." Nuts. Yeah, anyone else with a podcast? Yeah, of course I'll charge them. You've got. Karma. Thank you for printing the claim inquiry from missingmoney.com. Missingmoney.com. The claim details are shown below. This is provided for your reference. Got it? Oh, it doesn't say what I have. It says, please do not reply to this email address. is only used to send claim inquiry notifications. So what did, I, what did I get? I got nothing. I got an email. I got a freaking email. Get another email with some. There's it, maybe you just get a check in the mail for a million dollars. And by the way, it went to spam. Thank you very much, of course. <laughs> hey, that closes the segment. Oh, my goodness. 69! 69, 69, dudes! All right. Well, we'll see how we do on, uh, on Sunday. But I'm... Well, I don't know. We did okay, so we'll see. I mean, it's, it has to end eventually. I think we uh, should... Well, we'll see. It's probably Come on. Gonna... It's got to end. Okay, now we added, this is a long note. I'm going to read most of it. I, I do, I've edited it down a bit from what you have. Matt Hyde in East Sussex, uh, UK, 5969, which doesn't count. Last time I donated, I was having a new human resource with my super hot wife. It was seven months ago. However, now I feel more refreshed than I had in the kids, blah, blah, blah. I uh, get more sleep than ever, and he goes on and on. I should have cut this out, too. <laughs> I discussed the topic of Adam taking Hello, Paradol with my father-in-law, who is an eminent psychiatrist. Oh, now wait, wait, now, hold on a second. We're talking about the Haldol, which I've been dying to try. And I have a line on it. I, ha- I uh, have a complete offer uh, ready to go. He recounted a story of how he, too, he, too, was interested in the effects of some of these drugs since he was giving it to so many patients on a daily basis. Uh-huh. Seems right, right? Right. So he took a dose of Haldol to try it out, and he described being in bed for two to three days and unable to go to work for around a week. It took him a significant time to feel normal again. While it is quick acting and hence used on a very agitated patient or victims who you tend to extraordinarily render across a hostile border, it lasts a very long time. It also means that you are a dribbling zombie for a very long time, too. The general advice is not to take it if you do not want to miss three to four shows. If you really feel the need to lose control of all your bodily functions very quickly, but return to service in time to do the next show, then he recommends some other drug. And so, so in other words, no is the is is you should not even try it. Well, I could do it if we had like a vacation week or something. It would be a sh- crappy vacation. Said, he wants a, he now wants that a, he didn't say that. It sounds like it. Okay. He needs a huntsman. Hello, everybody. To, you can you can do. It. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Two to the head karma. Huntsman. Hello, everybody. Two to the head karma. My goodness. Let me start that again. Hold on a second. Hello, everybody. You thought karma. All right. It's tough. All right, yeah, it wasn't your best. Fifty-five, sixty-nine. Sir James in Saskatoon, the Paris, I might add, <laughs> which, of which, Canada. which we've been queried about. People are having troubles with uh, this uh, categorization of of Saskatoon. I got a bunch of emails. Mm-hmm. 
and I mentioned to the guy, he said, where'd you get this bull crap? And I, who's a guy who's probably never been to Saskatoon, of course. Right. And I said, I always wanted to go to Saskatoon. And I was told by a Canadian with another Canadian standing next to him, nodding his head in agreement that Saskatoon was the parrot of Canada. Right. That's it. That's the story. I've been a deadbeat for too long, says Sir James. Uh, time to donate. Plus, I'm in need of some school, some job, get laid general, Carmen. Now that I'm done school, done school, with done with school. <laughs> you need a lot. <laughs> I, you need more school. Uh, I'm done school. with school. I've had school. an interview from my – by the way, I so there was this – I graduated college issue cropped up. I You know, it's like the, my complaint about hospital. He's He, he went hospital or whatever. I've got a two, two hospital. You mean two hospital? Yeah, two hospital. Right. I graduated college. I have an. I'm. I'm negotiating right now with an, for an end of show clip for Sunday show, which will explain why this is wrong. Oh, okay. Well, that should be interesting. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. Yeah. Woo. I've had an interview for my dream job, but I'm only shortlisted now, so I need to find something in the interim. Great work with the show lately. Doing my best to stay up, and it makes great alternative to the bullshit going on with the U.S. election. Shout out to the Roll SK and other Saskatoon slaves, and two to the head to the douchebag Stephen Harper. Can you please send, send me some karma by way of the Huntsman? <laughs> Thanks, and keep up the good work. Okay. You've got karma. Greg Steerly in Santa Monica, fifty-five, fifty-five. These are our congratulatory donations, and there's quite a few. They should give Andy Rooney's old spot to John as his. his do you ever wonder why pens from trade shows don't work? Routine was a ringer. Happy fifth. And why? You know that does bother me too. Uh, Jeff Chapman in Kapunda, South Australia, fifty-five, fifty-five. Hope the show goes another five years. Sir Scott Hankel in Sunland, California, 5555. Daniel Sains, Sains in Spring, Texas, 5555. Small token of my appreciation for your wonderful show. From your cellist friend, I would request a science, Sains, and karma. Thank you. Science what? He just Sains is his name. When he hears science, he hears his last name. Oh, okay. Science! science. You've got karma. Like that. Uh, fifty-five, fifty-five from Montreal, Quebec, an anonymous donation. Ryan Couture in Billings, Montana, fifty-five, fifty-five is another five. Hope you do another five years. We will donating now because of John's plea via email. May be taking advantage of my overworked state. Today is my thirty-third straight day of working twelve-hour night shifts. Must be a sign. Have another ten or fifteen more before I get a day off. Jeez, what do you do? Oh, for a little Billings, Montana, probably in a mine or mining or something. Uh, natural resources. Hope for a little job karma that gets things better uh, again. You've got karma. Mm. James Ganaway, or as it says on here, Ganaway James, which sounds like a like a bank robber. <laughs> Burleson, Texas, fifty five, fifty five. My brother introduced me to the show two months ago, and I've been listening ever since. Guess I need a de-douching and some getting laid karma would be nice. Okay. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. From Kranj, or parts unknown in Slovenia. <coughs> I think it's Rachko Tonchik, uh, 5555. 
you can just correct me later. Norman Norman Lor, <laughs> Norman Lorraine in Edmonton, Alberta, where all the money is. Fifty five, fifty five. Uh, congratulations on five great years. I'll spare you the wood jokes. Huh? I don't get that either. Love the show. Keep it up. Uh, I guess that's a wood joke. Oh, keep it up. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Sir O'Rourke in Frostburg, Maryland, 5555. Robert DeLong in Port Townsend, Washington, up the street. 5555, a refugee from the U.S. I'm glad someone is taking the BS on. In 1997, I lost everything I had to medical bills for my a deceased wife's cancer. She was 44, and I had a $1 million policy, and I had to sell the house. And oh, I, I saw this note come in. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it got can't contain it here, so give him a karma. But what he did is he he hopped on someone's yacht and uh, and just left everything behind and sailed away to Australia. Right, which I which I think is very cool. So we will give you some uh, some Aussie F cancer karma. You've got karma. He had a million dollar policy. His wife died of cancer, and and he lost everything. Yeah. But what? I mean that the the million dollars doesn't cover it. Apparently not. Jeez. And this is not getting any better. Wow. When Miller, you need a $2 million policy. When Miller, Medford, New Jersey, 5555. Morgan Neck in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Yum. 5555. Here's hoping the next five years are better. Pause for reaction from Adam. Just kidding. Give yourself some karma for giving us the best podcast in the universe. All right, I'm going to do a best podcast the in the best universe. best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. I just chatted up a bit there. Onward with more congratulatory donations from Jake Kenyon. Burp, Burp and Gary. Queensland, Australia. They get some great names of places in Australia. In the morning, this is my second donation for the best podcast in the universe. I'd like to call my dad out as a douchebag. Hey, now. Douchebag. As he still hasn't donated and has been listening longer than I have. Happy fifth to you both. Keep up the excellent work deconstructing the world. Can I get a karma for everyone who listens? With a WD7. I think it means a, a WT7, maybe? World Trade Center, right? Yeah, okay. Let me do that for a second here. Here we go. WTC7 won't go away. You've got karma. John Richard in New Orleans, Louisiana, 5555. Brent Dombrowski in Colorado Springs. 55, Greetings from the basement of the military-industrial complex. This is all I can muster for now since I haven't been employed that long. What little karma this donation merits, I would like it sent to my girlfriend to help her find a job after following me to Colorado. Keep up the good work. I wish my commute was longer so I could listen to more of the show. Well, you just listen to more of the show. Yeah, You've got yeah, just, karma. Just drive around aimlessly. Yeah, just drive around the block a couple times. <laughs> Dame Andre in Rocky Mountain House, Alberta, Fifty-five, fifty-five. Uh, Dame Andrea and Sir Kelly are responding to the plea for the magical 5555 donation. Says all the money is here in Alberta. We figured we should share. It's a fact. Fact. Keep up the great work. We've been listening since the beginning, and we keep listening until the mothership arrives. I, I would say it's Dame Andrea, not An Andrea, but that's just me. Andrea? I Andrea. Think it's, I think it's okay. Andrea. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Andrea. Joseph Stokes in Spring, Texas. That's the second we got Spring, Texas. With your help, I continue to propagate the formula you're here. You should ha hear my 17-year-old daughter's comments about her AP government class and classmates. The lights are on now, and there's no turning back. The formula is working. <laughs> he hit his daughter in the mouth. 
guess so. Awesome. Archibald, Archibald, I don't know, it's a pretty dangerous podcast for students. Archibald Kelly, Niagara Falls, Ontario, 5555. I'm not in need of karma today, but give some to Adam for his exam on Saturday. Here's to another five years of the best podcast in the universe. Thank you very much. Yeah, 2 o'clock on Saturday. I'm going for my exam. Oh, that's right. You've got karma. You've missed two questions. That's my prediction. Two questions. Two questions? That's all? Yeah. John DeGaudio. 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 Massive... Massapequa Park or Massapequa. CQDX, CQDX. I'm practicing for my exam. 5555. Happy 5th. You get these uh, <laughs> PayPal messages. I appreciate some karma for the family, hoping that they all have the same luck, good fortune, blessings that I have enjoyed my entire life. Yeah. You've got karma. You know, this is a long list. Yeah, I did. Well, I, I, how many times do you get to celebrate your 5th? Not that often. Mervyn Isaac and his next Friday, by the way. So we still have one more show, two more shows where we can get a few more of these. Mervyn Isaac Hunt, go to Dvorak.org slash NA. When Wayland, Ontario, 5555. First time donor, long time boner. Keep it the great work. Looking for some, uh, looking for love karma. Okay. You've got karma. Wolfgang Mueller in Munich, München, Deutschland. Uh, 5555, way overdue. Uh, Day is what he says. Damien Estevez in Isabella, Puerto Rico. Uh, formerly a donor from Puerto Rico, now of Columbus, Ohio. That's, thank you, PayPal. Last time I donated, I asked for karma for college, which obviously worked because I graduated and I'm now employed with a great job. Hence the donation. Thomas Gilbride in Waco, Texas, 5555. You can call me Tom, not Thomas, and say hi to Nancy, my smoking hot girlfriend who's going to be 70 in February. And thanks, just 99 miles up the road from Crackpot at Austin's hey, locale. Send pictures. Christopher Gray in Palm Bay, Florida, 5555. 55. Noah Bratzel in St. Paul, Minnesota, Nuts, 5555. Happy anniversary, you filthy animals. <laughs> Sir Dennis Cruz in Beaverton, Oregon. Wishing for the best for No Agenda and all involved. Give a shout out to hotcoffee.org, home of the No Agenda archives. Chris Whitten, W-H-I-D-D-O-N, in Huntersville, North Carolina. Robert Goshko, Sir Robert Goshko to you in Sherwood Park. Another Alberta Inn, where all the money is. Greetings from Gitmo Nation, back bacon. Here it is to five years of the best podcast in the universe. Did another five years. Keep hitting him in the mouth. He needs a karma shot. You've got karma. Uh, Victor Gregg, Decatur, Georgia, 5555. James Elworth, Honolulu, Hawaii, nuts. 55. Okay, okay, okay. Now, now I've had enough. I knew you would do it. You can't have Hawaii nuts. <laughs> yeah, I won't say that again. Honolulu. Best wish, wishes from a fellow Berkeley grad. Uh, Cal, uh, Fire Tedford. Did you Sir graduate? Sh- did you graduate from Berkeley? Is that where you went to school? Yeah. Did you really go there, John? What? I'm doing no, I never learned to be a hot I'm, I'm, <laughs> Sir John Schumann, Madison, Wisconsin, 55-55. Sir Tim Tillman, Burr Mechanicsville, Virginia, 55-55. <laughs> Karma shot for the fellow knights. Uh, there you go. You've got karma. Here we go. And Janice uh, Odel <laughs> Jenbruns. <laughs> no. Ulchenbruns. <laughs> Ulchenbruns in Hartford, South Dakota, 55. 
uh, Miss Anonymous in Metairie, or I think it's Metairie. <laughs> Metairie. Yeah, you got up to the girl in the Metairie. Uh, Louisiana, 55-55. I'll be in Austin at the end of the month for a triathlon request that the rain stick be locked in the closet. <laughs> also, please send some karma my way to help with my post-graduation job hunt. Hold on a second. So she, it's a she. Yeah. She um, runs triathlons, has yes. just graduated. Here's your karma. Send pictures. You've got karma. Bill Rodas in Adelaide, <laughs> and South Australia. And, and I'll keep my stick in the closet. Yeah, yeah, you better do that. Happy 5th. Uh, home of the Australia, Adelaide is home of the, the 12, 2012 Gender Award. Started by our douchebag prime minister, Ducks Ass Gillard. Can I have a little girl shut up slave karma combo for my daughter Maya's sixth on yeah. the 16th? Oh, yeah. Play it loud for her. She'll love it. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Onward with the 5555 celebratory donations. Eric Rooseboom. Rooseboom. Rooseboom in Crimpin on the Lake. Lake. Very good. Uh, wanted to thank you for the karma you sent six months ago. It really worked. This time I'm asking for a big fuck the cancer karma for the grandfather of my son. His name is Art uh, uh, on Art on, I guess. And no, Art and uh, Art and that's a real Art name. and is fighting. Oh, okay. Uh, my former father-in-law needs the good luck and karma because he's up for the last possible chemo. For John, I found a site www dwotd.nl where he can learn Dutch a Dutch word every day. Oh, it's the Dutch word of the day. Hold on a second. Dutch word of the day.nl. Perfect. Let's see what our Dutch word of the day is. Uh, oh, it's not, oh, it's oh, it oh, John. Oh, fantastic. Here we go. It has audio. Vel over Bing. There you go. This is your Dutch word of the day. Vel over Bing. Or over Bin. <laughs> <laughs> Vel over Bain. Yeah. Fell over Bain. Fell over Bain. Literally translates to skin over bone. It applies to situations where people or animals are dying of hunger and literally only have skin left. However, it can also be used to say that somebody is very skinny or scrawny, basically emphasizing how skinny the person is. Once again, Vel over Bain. Or over Ben. Very good. So uh, he finishes, <laughs> Eric finishes with the Grotenwood, the polder bunker in Krimpen on the lake. Very good. Let me give him that cancer. Wow. Crap. You've got karma. I think that, that definitely kicked the cancer karma out. Whew. That was loud. Howard Abraham in Rochester, another one in Rochester, uh, Mass, uh, Minnesota. 5555, my friends and family have started to give me that look when we discuss world events. I haven't even mentioned Harper, the mothership, yet. Please influence the universe with some just send cash karma as I try to sell my house. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. You've got karma. Oh, I, I can just imagine, you know, you you if you listen to the show and you, de you understand some of the deconstructions and you bring it up at a conversation that everybody doesn't, you know, see the world that way. You know what's funny is that uh, Miss Mickey, I have to stop her now because uh, there'll, there'll be something like someone will tweet something about. Um, uh, oh, there was. OK, so there was a like a four point five earthquake in Maine. 
right? And uh, and then she says, oh, I'm going to tweet about Harp. It's H-A-A-R-P, right? I said, no, honey, don't. <laughs> oh, God. Don't tweet that because people will not understand. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's true. You got yeah, well, to uh, calm people down. Uh, Kurt C. Anderson in New Hope, Minnesota. We got a lot of Minnesota ins. Uh no agenda, and I will forever have a weird connection as on October 26, 2007, was your episode one. And for me, it was the day I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Woot! Yay! Was, Hold on, party! I was 48 at the time and practicing prostate cancer prevention three to four times a week. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I don't Hold know, on. But I, I, I got some ideas. So let's both celebrate our five years of survivorship together. That's I have no sign right. of disease, but. Because of the side effects of treatment, I'll forever be a no boner. But at least I am now a donor to the best podcast universe. Well, that is possibly the most depressing note I have ever read. It's pretty. It's pretty. Well, uh, look. Well, first know. of all, yeah, I'm very, very happy you're a survivor. Totally, totally. Yeah. Well, and so here's here's your. Let's just celebrate that with some karma. You've yeah. got. It's all karma. in the head. It's all in the head. I'm telling you, you can do it all in your head. Okay, here's a name that's a winner. Tune. To Tennel. Well, <laughs> no. In Amsterdam. No, that would be, uh, I'm sorry, no. Tone Tutanel. Tone. Tone Tutanel. Tone Tutanel. I knew it. <laughs> Thank you for five years of the best podcast in the universe. I haven't donated before, but since I just ended my newspaper and cable subscriptions, a wise idea, I might just send some money to say that I saved to you. Please send a two to the head to my colleague, Marin Shriver. Shriver. <laughs> Marin Shriver. Marin Shriver. <laughs> <laughs> you both work at the Amsterdam local TV station, AT5. Oh, Don't really? let Adam work there. They'll burn it down. <laughs> he's about to leave this job for some for some douchebag magazine. Uh, so he wants a two to the head, what, two to the head to his colleague, and he wants some karma, or just wants no, just two to the head. Yeah, that's what yeah. he says. All right, here you go. <laughs> Douchebag. Just a douchebag, I guess. Dunn in, yeah, throw in a free douchebag. Free douchey. <laughs> Michael Dunn in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Double nickel. Yeah, that was the end of our 55-55s. Oh. This is 55 <laughs> double nickels on the dime. That means we're <laughs> going to be done here. I took a figurative crap of total excitement in my pants when I heard my name mentioned at the very top of the show. When I saw that John had retweeted my Obama-Romney drone were screwed either way graphic, I thought... Awesome. I never would have thought it would be a garner a mention on the best podcast in the universe. However, that streaming pile of joy in my metaphorical jockeys quickly turned into a <laughs> rotten mound of guilt as I have never donated to the show. I am too embarrassed to say how long I've been a boner, but let's just say my financial support is long overdue. So with this donation, I'd like to request a win-loser drone de-douching karma. If that's not too much trouble, keep up with the good work, crackpot, and buzzkill. Oh, and as of the time I am writing this, the image that has been retweeted exactly 33 times. What I'll do is, um, I think not. Uh, I'll give him uh, the new jingle uh, uh, de-douching. That's because yeah, we're, we're kind of enjoying the new song. The drone again. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. It's a nice combo, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was very musical. Yes. <laughs> Tom Bushy and St. Paul, Minnesota, fit double niggas on the dime. Hey, Adam and JCD, I really need some karma. I need a hey, citizen sciences and karma. Uh, 
Okay. Hey, citizen. The science is in. You've got karma. And finally, without comment, Reboot Studio, Crescent City, California, 5245. That's where it floods all the time. Simon Horn in Carindale, Queensland, 50. Uh, Sir Jason Burke in Richmond, Texas, 50. Sir Chris Slowinski in Sherwood Park, Alberta, again, 50. And thank you, Alberta. Kyle Bauer in Worcester, Ohio, 50. And that'll conclude our uh, rather generous uh, donors wishing us a happy 55th anniversary with a 55-55 donation. You can, too, by going to Dvorak.org slash NA. Please do so. Today, Phil Rodas congratulates his daughter Maya. She turned six on the 16th, but of course we knew that according to his donation. So, Maya, happy birthday there. Yeah. From your daddy and your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And we've got to do Toby's knighting. Remember we kicked in the extra penny as he is now exactly $1,000 uh, in total donations to the best podcast in the universe. I see you have your uh, your blade ready there, John. Thank you. Toby Knott, step forward. You're in time, my friend. You shall be receiving a ring sealing wax in the handsome presentation dose box as a part of your knighthood. And you join the round table. I hereby pronounce thee the one and only Sir Toby, Knight of the Norwegian Round Table. For you, sir, we've got hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay. We've got geishas and sake. We've got uh, hot pants and booze. We have all kinds of grooviness for you and your ring because you got in before the end of the year. When the Earth ends. Congratulations on joining the exclusive club of the Knights and Dames of the No Agenda Roundtable. It's a good group. It's a great group. Kidding me? It was nice that we were talking about, um, uh, what was it, uh, Haldol in the donation segment, along with, uh, what else did we have, uh, uh, Adderall, 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 Adderall. We have a lot of drugs talked about. Yeah, because there's a a new report came out, and uh, this is. Let me just read you this article here. A new report on ADHD has emerged. Oh! But instead of being a dry statistical evaluation of some clinical endpoint, it's a lively representation of what children with ADHD themselves have to say about their condition. Well, what do you know, John? The kids love it. They they love the Ritalin. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, This is a report from the Wellcome Foundation. Are you familiar with the Wellcome Foundation? No, but I'm not liking it already. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a very famous foundation. First, you should probably go to ADHD Voices. This is the, so it's ADHDvoices.com. And uh, you'll see it's a very happy-looking site. Voices on Identity, Childhood Ethics, and Stimulants. Yes, join the debate, everybody. They put out a 47-megabyte PDF of this report, which is very colorful. It's got all kinds of lovely illustrations and, and you know little cartoon drawings and kids who are all happy on the Ritalin. And, wow, uh, this is unbelievable. This, this, is, is, a, this is a good one. This is an unbelievable find. The Wellcome Foundation. Let me read you from the Book of Knowledge. Uh, the Wellcome Trust is originally where this comes from. Oh, my mouse is stuck here. Uh, the Wellcome Trust uh, was established to administer the fortune of the American-born pharmaceutical magnate, Sir Henry Wellcome. 
Uh, its income was derived from what originally was called Burroughs Welcome, later renamed in the UK as the oh, Welcome right, Foundation. The company Welcome. <laughs> in 1986, the trust sold 25% of Welcome PLC stock to the public. Overseen by incoming director of finance Ian McGregor, this marketed the beginning of a period of financial growth that saw the trust value increase by almost 14 billion pounds in 14 years. As their interests moved beyond the bounds of the pharmaceutical industry, in 1995, the trust divested itself of any interest in pharmaceuticals by selling all remaining stock to Glaxo PLC, the company's historic rival, British rival, creating Glaxo Welcome PLC. In 2000, the Welcome name disappeared from the drug business altogether when Glaxo Welcome merged with Smith Klein Beecham to form Glaxo Smith Klein. So it's a long stretch to say this is a pharmaceutical report. But when you see this PDF, and it's in the show notes, of course, it's 453.nashownotes.com which is another part of the service we bring you here at the best podcast in the universe, you will be disgusted because the kids are really saying, hey, you know, I love it because, you know, I, I used to get F's on my tests and now I get A's and B's. It's fantastic. And when you read this report, and, and I read it all, and this, I mean, this, it's, they literally um, interview children <laughs> about how they thought it was going on that, on that Ritalin. And the kids, of course, are like, yeah, my mom doesn't bitch at me anymore. <laughs> I was like, like, okay. And I'm almost, I'm just reading this. I'm like, you know what? They're right. You should just drug your kids. It's, everyone seems to be much happier. The parents are happier. The kids are happier. The drug company's happy. The government's happy. I, I think we just go for it. Just drug them. You don't need to have your kids be happy just to take the test. You drug them up. They love it. And by the way. You should get an extra prescription. Just make up another kid and take it yourself. It's awesome. Uh, You're looking at this uh, voices ADHD voices thing? I'm finding this to be slightly depressing. <laughs> well, if we got you in some Ritalin, John, everything would be just fine. Let's see. ADHD and me, the trailer. It's a film. Let's play this. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Don't be like that. This could be really good. ADHD, ADHD and me, the trailer. Let's see how this is. I haven't actually played this. It's myself. a full length feature film. No, it's a, this is a trailer. Yeah. For a full length feature film, I think it'd be dynamite. Okay. Let's see. How come it's not playing? Oh, here it comes. The children you hear in this film are real. Okay, cool. Right. So what's it like to have ADHD? Some people daydream or find it difficult to concentrate. Others feel angry. Sometimes you just want to go out and lashing, lashing out at them. So do you feel like you can't pay attention very well? Only when I'm taking my tests. Mm. I get distracted. I'm like, hmm. The worst problems I really... Wait a minute. The kid is literally dreaming. This is a, these are cartoons with real kid voices. The kid's dreaming of balloons flying around. We can't have that, kid. You can't be, you can't be dreaming of balloons. Yeah. Wow, this is great. Like schoolwork and like not being able to finish classwork before the other students. Who decides if somebody needs Ritalin? The final decision should be shared between parents, doctors, teachers, and the child. My grades, it's really, really hard for me to keep it out of B range. So I've gotten C's. Usually I went down to the C after I went off the medication. And he always hits me, he bribes me. He takes money from me. Wow. Uh, what? You missed the... I mean, well, you didn't miss it. That is 
that's your messaging. What is if you get off the medication, your grades go down? Yeah, this yeah. is a, this, this is the college student messaging because college students are taking Adderall and Ritalin yeah. for testing. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, we used to it was used to be Benzedrine or Dexedrine or whatever you can get. Uppers, Bennies, Poppers, Downers. Yeah, Bennies. Did you take Bennies? Have you done no. any illicit drugs ever? You've done some kind of drug. I have never taken a. I have don't even drink. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me, let me pick myself up off the floor. Come on, you can be honest with me. Have you, have you ever done any? You've done. I. I. You know. I. You th- smoke weed. I don't do anything. I, I've ever. Refused. Come on. In your life. Come on. Don't don't bullcrap me. Just don't discuss these things. I think it's not discussable. Oh, okay. I think people listen and they, they're insurance companies and they say, oh, that guy, you something. Let's get jack up his price. Uh-oh. Did well, I get cut off? No. You just said something. I just realized I'm always talking about doing Haldol and uh, I'm going to get screwed by the insurance company. Yeah. Oh. So this insurance is what- companies are plugged into... Uh, People use drugs, and they're also plugged in, especially when they admit to it and brag about it. <laughs> and then they uh, they get plugged into, I believe, if you want to be a little crack potty, those those store uh, accounts where you're at Safeway and you get a five cents off or something if you have your card. Mm-hmm. And so you check your card in, and then it goes into a big database. And the next thing you know, the, some insurance guy is looking at it it's going, huh, this guy drinks a lot of beer for a you know, we better just yeah. jack up his rates. Yeah, no, I believe. Well, let, let's just listen to the last 30 seconds of this. This is fascinating. Anything to annoy me. Children with ADHD and their doctors need to be talking to each other at every visit. So, sometimes I daydream, depends what teacher I get. Because sometimes I do it in mass with Miss. She's just shouting at people, hell loads. Your stomach, a fireball. And it's like bursting, and it wants to come out, but then you sort it sort of like travels up to my head, and then. Are they speaking some, English? Yeah, I think there's British kids. Sometimes I control it, and sometimes I just don't. If children take responsibility for themselves, they get better at self-control. It just takes time. Uh. Wow. Wow. The children you hear in this film are real children who were interviewed as part of the Voices Research Study. Wow. I'm, I'm, I cry for the children now. I'm, I think, do I want you once, which ones they left on the cutting room floor? I cry for the children. What does Ritalin do? Hold on a second. What does Ritalin do? This is fantastic. This is really fascinating to me that this is so evil. What does Ritalin do? So what exactly does Ritalin do? Makes you feel like you are groovy. It affects certain chemicals in the brain. And can- <laughs> God, John. John, is this, am I, am I in a, am I in a movie? Is this real? And help control some of the symptoms of ADHD. Is that a good thing? Can that really help? Oh. It helps people in different ways. It can help them to focus, to control their attention, and it can help them to stop and think before they act. Oh. Wow. Oh, my God. And this can't, this, this is real. Ah. Uh. I, 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 you know what? Just all of a sudden, all of the all of the air and life went out of my body. <laughs> it's real. That's really, really sad. So, I mean, the, the way it is that we 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 are we're fighting a losing cause, my friend, a losing cause. <sighs> yeah. Well, if you got kids um, and your doctor's recommending this, here's what here's what here's what Adam and John. Re- oh, John's a pussy. Here's what Adam recommends. Adam recommends you get the prescription for the kid. 
and you sell it on the black market. Right. And you and you take one. You take one yourself once in a while, just when you feel like, you know, when you, before you have some sex or something. Yeah. But just sell them on the black market and whatever you do, don't give them to your kid. Take one yourself and see what these things do. I've, I've had one. I've had an Adderall. I'd never done coke in my entire life, but this was it. I'm reliably informed. Oh, whew, all right. Uh, well, while we're on children and evilness, my other favorite topic has to be uh, the HPV shot Gardasil, fine uh, Merck product. And uh, there was uh, some controversy about uh, the shot, John, and luckily CBS News was in there to do a little uh, reporting. I mean, to bring a commercial. Remember the debate just last year over giving the HPV vaccine to preteen girls. Critics said it could lead to promiscuity. But preteen girls, now, John. Preteen girls, promiscuity. A new study by Kaiser Permanente says girls I, who got. Yeah. <laughs> There's a new study by Kaiser Permanente. The people who are selling it to you. I'd be but a calling the police on this one. Listen to this. Study by Kaiser Permanente says girls who got the vaccine are no more sexually active than unvaccinated girls. The HPV vaccine protects against cervical cancer, which is linked to the human papillomavirus, a sexually transmitted disease. The study asked girls if they had sought birth control advice, were tested for STDs, or had had pregnancy tests. And very few of the girls who were vaccinated at age 11 or 12 had done any of those things. I mean, really? 11 11 unbelievable uh, yeah you're right say that again that, that, about that whole we're fighting a losing battle thing that was kind of cool say that again we're fighting a losing battle <laughs> why do you even bother why do you even bother bringing it up I anymore think the re- reason we do the show and I think people appreciate this is to make us ourselves at least feel that we can understand What's going on around us instead of having that short circuit problem that you have, like I mentioned when I was having a uh, met with some friend of mine and it was the, you know, you get you see the dead eyes and, they, you know, the, I mean, the people are just walking zombies because of the kind of information that they're fed. It's all it doesn't make sense. A lot of it's contradictory. Uh, and it's very confusing. And I think people who are just subject to people who watch too much TV and they watch the mainstream media. And I think it, they eventually it, I think it shorts them out literally because it doesn't make any sense. And it's These because stories of, don't make any sense. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's because of the dichotomy of the terms that are used that you do create a short circuit. I think I think you're right. We should probably use some of that ourselves because when when you create the short circuit in someone's head, then you can push all kinds of great information in. So here, I'll, let me try this. Uh, let me see if I can try it. Uh, well, maybe we just use that one again because it was only thirty seconds. Let's remember see. Remember the debate just last year over giving the HPV vaccine to preteen girls. Donate to No Agenda. Critics said it could lead to promiscuity. <laughs> Donate to No Agenda. But a new study by Kaiser Permanente says girls who got the vaccine are no more sexually active than unvaccinated girls. Donate to No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A. I mean, they do it for all the other commercial stuff. Maybe we should be yeah, trying I that. Yeah, maybe we just might as well do that. I mean... I mean, it's pathetic. I have a uh, I have a a little bit of homework for our producers. Uh, for those of you who are relatively new to the program, uh, our listeners, our producers. Um, so we had this uh, big art heist um, in Amsterdam, uh, Rotterdam. I'm sorry, where a Picasso, Matisse, Monet, Gauguin, Freud, all stolen from the uh, museum. Freud. 
It says a Freud, yeah. A Freud? It says a Freud. How do they spell it? F-R-E-U-D. I don't know. Maybe yeah, he did so a drawing. Freud. I've never heard of an artist named Freud. Maybe he, maybe he did. F-R-E-U-D. Maybe it was Sigmund Freud. Maybe there was a drawing by Sigmund Freud. I'm just reading. Okay. It's a... It doesn't really matter for the oh, story. It could be Lucian Freud. Lucian Freud. That's right. Um, so one painting by Picasso, one from Matisse, two Monet's. Now, I interviewed uh, the author of the book Hot Art, which you can find at bigbookshow.com. And it's a fascinating book. It took him seven or eight years to write. And um, after you read this book, and certainly after I interviewed uh, the author, Joshua Nelman, I think his name, uh, you will know that real art thieves don't go for these pieces because you can't unload them. You can't sell these. The only thing you can wind up doing is uh, holding them hostage, and eventually someone will pay some money for, for the thief mm, to give them that back. That's what he said? Yes. My understanding is a little different. Well, let, let me let me just continue. He he, okay. he he literally wrote the book on art theft. Okay, and that true art thieves hate this kind of crime. The real guys they they go after the hundred thousand uh, dollar painting. You know, maybe two hundred thousand. Yeah, not, the ones that they're under the radar. yes, not the multi. They don't want press. That's the point. The real yeah. art thieves don't want the press. Uh, so I'm thinking there's got to be. A movie coming out. I mean, we have ah. Ocean's Eleven, uh, Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, I, I haven't found it. But someone is going to tell me what the movie is that's coming out. because this And these paintings will come back. These paintings will come back. So that is the homework for, uh, for our producers. Unless you happen to have an idea already, but you might not. Don't, but I can. I'll actually look into it too. I think you're probably right. Seems to me like it's a perfect opportunity for a uh, for a movie promotion. I thought maybe Clooney was doing. Maybe it was Ocean's Thirteen or Fourteen. What are we up to now? What is it? Well, that, would, that's, that's actually a good. I think it's uh, Ocean's Seventeen. Ocean's Thirteen. No, it should be Ocean's Thirteen by now, isn't it? No, no, that was two thousand. But they've done three. Ocean's Fourteen. 11, 12, 13, 14 would be 14, yes. Here's Jerry Weintraub saying, no Ocean's 14. Hmm. Hmm. He says, don't expect Ocean's 14. Hmm. Let's see. Let's check under news. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. I'm waiting for it. It'll pop up. It'll pop up. Someone will know. Maybe the new Superman movie? Does that have uh, art theft in it? Hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Something. You're going to see something happen. So my understanding is that there are art thieves that take high-profile pieces, and then they're, they're ferreted away by rich bankers in Switzerland in their basements. Yeah. Well, I, you should watch the interview and see what the guy has to say about it. I'm going to do that now. Yeah. It's a good interview. Joshua Nelman. The, it's, it's bigbookshow.com. Hot art is the title of the book. It was actually quite a nice book to read. So here's a report that uh, I was wanting, you know, I'm like, why is this report coming out now? Why is this all over the news? Why is this happening? My favorite topic, Pedo Bear. 15,000 pages, 1,200 separate files. You're looking at what a court has entrusted Portland attorney Kelly Clark to make public tomorrow. The perversion files, once hidden records on Boy Scout leaders from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Men kicked out of the organization for suspected child molestation. So what you're looking at here may represent as many as six to 24,000 boys abused in Boy Scouting. 
Scout executives at the headquarters in Texas began compiling the files nearly 100 years ago for good reason. Let's find the bad guys in our ranks, kick them out, and keep them out. But it was all a secret until now. For the first time ever, the public will actually see, not just hear about, but see uh, what the Boy Scouts knew about child abuse in its midst, when the Boy Scouts knew it, and what they did and did not do about it. So this is, uh, of course, a disturbing story about uh, possibly tens of thousands of uh, young boys being abused. And I'm trying to find what's the spin, what's the spin, what's the spin, and then I found it. Harry Lewis was abused in the early 80s by Assistant Scoutmaster Timmert Dykes, seen here playing a video game with a young scout. The abuse began a year after Timmert Dykes made a stunning admission to a top troop leader who was a Mormon bishop. That he had molested 17 other kids in the troop. And the bishop did not go to the other parents. So uh, who else is a Mormon bishop? Huh, Mormon. They brought Mormon in. Is there, is there any famous Mormons that want to smear? Who's actually a bishop? <laughs> I don't know that he is. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Oh, he's Romney a bishop. A bishop? Yes, he's a, he's a Mormon bishop. Absolutely. Well, there you go. That's the reason for the smear. That's the, the whole. I mean, this is a good one, by the way. I like this. It's this uh, very creative. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I'm not talking about your your deconstruction. Oh. I'm talking about the, the scam. Yeah, the, the scam is and great. Say we have a real problem here. So, so they, but they go way out to bring. You know, it was the Mormon bishop who didn't say anything. Yeah, and it was important to say Mormon bishop, not just a religious leader or uh-huh. anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. These guys. Yeah. These guys will do anything. And won't they? that is why we do this show. Yeah. Well, there's one more I got for you. Ah, so annoying when they do this. More agenda, agenda 21 crap for you coming uh, up. Troubling health news. Just, Officials in North Carolina are investigating a deadly outbreak of E. coli infection uh, that's been traced to a county fair. At least 61 people, including three dozen children, have now become ill. One child's died. So this county fair thing, we've been tracking this for a while. Remember, it was the new swine flu, the new bird flu. I, I actually went back and... Looked at our show notes. I just did a, a search on search.nashownotes.com. And lo and behold, episode 433, uh, the new swine flu, H3N2, uh, was uh, 16 cases. Uh, people picked it up at county fairs. They're trying to get rid of these county fairs. This well, is one of the things that if, almost every county fair, for one thing, you can buy uh, meat on the hoof. Yeah, that's going to end. So that's going to they, they they hate that. They yeah. don't like you anybody in the public actually buying an animal and then going through the system, the slaughtering and then the butchering system and then getting, you know, some really high quality hand-raised meat for $2 and $3 a pound, which is what it amounts to when no. you're done. No, we'll have none uh, of that. Which is about one third the price of the grass-fed crap. So um so that's got to go. Well, this is how they're going to get rid of it. They're just going to make it. So they already tried the swine flu bit. That didn't work. Now, this is this is how many episodes ago? We're at 53. So that's 20 episodes ago. So what is that? Three months? Yeah. Something like so. that three months ago. So that got no traction. So now it's like, oh, no, the E. coli. E. coli. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's coming from county fairs. And a child died. Child died. amazing. Well, you know what that means, don't you? Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Gotta think of the children. Child will die. Uh, yeah, 
county fairs are under attack. Sure, everything's all our classic institutions, except you know, uh, being a slave to some dork, uh, are are under attack. It's just the country's under attack culturally, and and, it, and I think it all relates to Agenda Twenty One. I I took my printout. I have a printout of Agenda Twenty One. Yeah, it's which is like, pretty big. <laughs> it's like the size of the room. Did you eat up a a, a printer cartridge, a whole ink cartridge? You you <clears> burn a cartridge and reams of paper. So. But it, it, the thing is dense with this weird stuff. Dense. Yeah. I'm going to do a special feature on Agenda 21. Not in, in a long-term way, but a sh- <laughs> well, short-term that- bits. I'm just going to read sections of it every once in a while. Okay. Will that be after the Scholastic Special? And It'll before- be right after the thing on education. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's just one thing. You know, Speaking of being messed up, I, and I just, you know, I, I just want to mention it. It came out on the 9th. I've noticed that the... Uh, the Obama administration is no longer numbering the executive orders. Yes, they stopped doing that. I think that was a genius. Yeah, this is because that way we can't count how many have come out. I think he's done, like, done a lot. So uh, one came out on October 9th, and it is called, uh, t- because they, it does have a title, Executive Order from the President Regarding Authorizing the Implement- Implementation of Certain Sanctions. Um, and I think it's important that we hear about this executive order. As this executive order gives the president the power to freeze all bank accounts and stop any related financial transactions from any sanctioned person in the name of the Iran, yeah, I should say, Iran sanctions. Uh, and this whole, uh, of course, you know how I love to read legislation. The entire executive order refers continuously back to executive order 129057, which is a Bill Clinton executive order from 1995, March 15th, 1995, which related to the Iran, quote, problem. Um, So here's the language that I think is uh, pertinent. The order says if an individual is declared by the president, the secretary of state or the secretary of the treasury to be a sanctioned person which I guess they can just make up, he or she will be unable to obtain access to accounts, will be unable to process any loans or make loans, move them to any other financial institution inside or outside the United States. In other words, your financial resources will are completely frozen. And this executive order expands authority by um, also not enabling the sanctioned person to make use of any third party, such as a partnership, association, trust, joint venture, corporation, subgroup, or any other organization that might help you to access your funds. Yeah, well, this is pretty, yeah, this is the way it is. Right now, if you're just a plain old American citizen with minding your own business, you can. You, it's almost impossible to get an overseas bank account now. I'm just waiting until they, uh, until they cut mine off. Now, I have one. Which, what about your bank account? <laughs> hey, no. Uh, so I have a, a, a Dutch bank account, and you know, there's like a thousand euros or something in there, uh, which I've just kind of had, you know, if we go over to, to Holland, then we have some uh, local money because uh, they don't take credit cards. <laughs> and your debit card won't work. You have to have a, a Dutch PIN card. Um, and so we had that when we had our uh, had our wedding. Uh, but they have to report every single transaction to the United States Federales, 
And uh, in fact, uh, you know, I did my taxes last weekend, finally, the October 16th deadline or whatever it is. And uh, I don't know if Mimi told you this, but, you know, now you have to, uh, any accounts you have, you have to uh, list, but they also have a special PayPal form. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, we're all doomed. Well, this is why the Ritalin That's is That's why you idea. want to stay in the cash. Cash. Cash and Adderall. <laughs> That's the ticket I say, my friend. Cash and Adderall. All right, everybody, we took the show a little bit long, but of course you deserve that after uh, we had such a lovely um, birthday donation segment. Birthday, uh, the fifth anniversary of the No Agenda show is on the 26th of October, so you can still get your uh, quad five donations in. We haven't seen a, uh, uh, a fifth anniversary night yet, which would be uh, $55,000, 500 <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Uh, well, we know there's guys that can afford that, but they, 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 yeah. they, 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 I'm sure they're smart enough to figure out that, that we, we'll take a two-month vacation if we... <laughs> We're looking at you, Goldman Sachs. We know you're yeah. listening. <laughs> uh, so I, I do it for free. I don't ever say that. Yeah, I'll starve, but I'd still do it for free. Uh, so we will be here on uh, Sunday, and uh, we'll have more uh, of your media to dissect, disseminate... And assassinate coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, my name is Adam Curry. I'm from northern Silicon Valley where they blocked the neo-Nazi account in Germany. The Twitter account is down. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> we'll be back Sunday right here on No Agenda. Slash N-A